This is the intro music today. Hello and welcome to Dice Breakers, a TTRPG podcast with mostly accurate rules and inconsistent character voices. I'm Alex, your host, and with me are Rowan and Show, my wonderful players. Why are you not players today? How are you doing? That's wonderful intro music. Uh, as usual, I'm the one who made it. Um, sure, whatever. <laughs> what? I'm just going to say it would be super funny if, because you're able to edit us all individual, you just cut that out. Uh, <laughs> I might just, uh, I might just add cut it out, boost it. You know, I'm made that everything. Anyway, um, yeah, we're doing a, a, a talk through of. To be fair, so it's a fairly. I don't know when the actual playtests happen, but the the playtest five. Um, of one D and D. Now, I will <laughs> start this before we get into it. Um, we, as a collective, do not like Wizards of the Coast. Uh, it will become very obvious that we don't like Wizards of the Coast. And I guess some people might be like, "Oh, it's fine. We don't actually do our opinions reflect." Uh, yeah, they, they suck. Um, so <laughs> we're probably going to be a little harsh. But hey, that's fine. Yeah. Like we're here to talk about the mechanics of the last three documents releases and other kind of, but we're not claiming. Not to have any bias. Oh, yes, yeah, uh, strong that, bias. <laughs> that will become evident <laughs> in my biases about some of the game designs from some of the notes that I've, that I've written. Oh, uh, I've used just, swear words just in my notes. <laughs> uh, There's a lot of swear words in my notes. I, I have 12 pages of notes. I have uh, six. My only plan was that anytime something like remotely positive would say, I would say, yeah, but what about the Pinkertons? That was that was my plan. Uh, yes. Anyway, I'm going to leave over to uh, Joan, who is going to be kind of leading all of this. Uh, did I say lead over? Give over? Whatever. Just I'm going to shut up and Joan start talking. Go ahead, lead over. Hello. Um, this is the second one of these that we've done. Uh, there is a so we're only very briefly going to talk about the first two playtests because we've already covered those, which contain the expert classes and the first um, species document. Um, we're only going to reference those. So if you want to listen to that and with the information that we had at the time, go and look for that um, because we're not going to be covering those classes and things uh, today. So very quickly, what is 1D&D? 1D&D is sort of, but also sort of not, the latest edition of Dungeons & Dragons, which has had, up to this point, basically five editions. And <laughs> D&D 5e is the one that is currently made and sold. Uh, we'll talk a little bit more about it being and not being 5e a little bit later. Um, move, various moves have been made by Wizards of the Coast to um, accentuate this kind of change. So, for example, they purchased D&D Beyond last year, I believe. They're currently in development of a virtual tabletop, all of which will support 1D&D. Um, some changes that they have revealed ahead of time uh, have already been implemented, such as in Monsters of the Multiverse, their kind of uh, source book with a whole bunch of um, player options. You are now you now are able to have a essentially floating stat bonuses rather than dwarves get plus two to constitution and plus one to strength. It's now you can do plus two to one stat and plus one to another, or you can do plus one to three stats for mm. all of those races. It's no longer tied to the race. Um, the playtest materials are released periodically, and then once they've been out for a week, two weeks or so, a survey is released for feedback, um, which we've been told that um, does all, all of it apparently gets 
gets reviewed. Um, they've also said that um, 1D&D is going to be backwards compatible. It's still a little unclear on what that means. Hopefully it's not just a, you will be able to play the adventures that we published already <laughs> and that's it. Yeah. Um, Jeremy Crawford. <laughs> yeah, Jeremy Crawford, who uh, whose name will come up a few times today. He is the lead designer for uh, Dungeons and Dragons. Uh, has confirmed that of the playtests, some of them will be re-released as a revised version. One of which we will be taking a quick look at today, um, based on the feedback that is received. And then, lastly, some changes will be a natural progression. But they've also said that they want to put in some experiments. Talk a little bit about that. Because at this point, what does that actually mean? Who knows? Uh, and then very quickly, what are the things that we have already seen? So it's basically everything on, from 5e is on the table. So we've seen rules changes to from general mechanics such as grappling, exhaustion, and jumping. Uh, every playtest is released with a rules glossary, which you're supposed to use as the latest one, even if you're playtesting older material. So it, even if you are playtesting the rogue from the first playtest, now that Playtest 5 is out, you would use the rules glossary from Playtest 5. Um, race changes. Uh, so there's some new races uh, of the Ardling, which is like a Celestial Beast person race, and Orcs, uh, who were not previously available in, in the Player's Handbook. This is to say as well, this is all Player's Handbook, Dungeon Master's Guide, and um, Monster Manual related. Those are the only books, and the content of those are the only things or currently, yeah, currently being reviewed for 1D&D. Um... Some of them had significant changes. Some of them had notably insignificant changes. Um, classes, uh, we've already seen the Rogue, Ranger, and Bard. Some commonalities that will be going forward in these playtests that we'll be discussing are that all subclasses are now gained at level three. And all class features are all, and subclass features are gained at the same... Sorry, all subclass features are gained at the same level. So there was a standardization of progression. Uh, all class capstones have now been moved to level 18, and level 20 now grants an epic boon, which is basically supposed to be just a super good feat. And class spell lists are now gone. They're all grouped into primal, arcane, or divine spell lists. Uh, uh, and I have a quick revision to make here. We said on the previous uh, talk about this that, it's, that all spellcasters are now prepared casters. That is not the case. They have just changed some of the wording and terminology so that it no longer really makes sense and there isn't a clear distinction anymore. Yeah. So not all, not all spellcasters prepare spells like druids or clerics do. There are still, quote-unquote, learned spells, uh, classes. It's just that they are still call, calling that prepared spells, which is confusing and helps no one. Uh, so, all of that out of the way very quickly. What is it that we're going to be going over today? So I've split this into a few different... Um, sections. Uh, the first thing we're going to talk about, because I think it's best to get it out of the way first, uh, we're just going to talk about some of the design choices and philosophy that the dev team have gone over um, or said that it is how they're working because it informs a lot of the actual content and how I think we should view the content. Uh, we're going to be going over species. So species is new terminology to replace races. They previously tried this with, they were going to go with folk. That didn't really take off. It didn't last very long. So species is what they're currently going with. Um, and that is the only kind of document for which we have any revised uh, content. Uh, classes. We now have playtests for the cleric, the druid as priests. Uh, uh, sorry, and paladin as priests. 
the Barbarian and the Fighter as the Warriors, and Wizard, Sorcerer, and Warlock as the Mages. We already had uh, Rogue, Ranger, and... Uh, what was the other one? Uh, and Bard as the experts. Uh, five D&D points to who can tell me uh, who's missing first. Who's missing from what? The From, from that list. Monk. From the core classes? Oh, yeah. yeah. The monk. Uh, is is not there. We have not we have not seen the monk yet. Uh, it's the only one that we haven't seen. So, who knows? Uh, we will also be going over five weapon points. mastery. You do. You get five D and D points, yes. and you can track that if you want. We're there might be other more. opportunities to score points as we go along. Um, well, we're also going to be talking about weapon, weapon mastery, which is a brand new. I hesitate to call it a system. Brand new yeah, weapon have. features. <laughs> I um, have opinions. <laughs> that in theory will make some martial characters more dynamic to play. Uh, and in theory, be more balanced with spellcasters. We'll see what we think about that. If we have time, there are various feat changes, spell changes, and background updates that we can go over. But it's not that's not really kind of the meat of what we'll be going into today. Uh, we're also not going to be delving deep into the maths uh, of anything today because there are people who can and will do that better and have done that better. Uh, do you mind if I give out a recommendation if people want the maths for oh, yeah, where they sure. can go find it? Uh, check out Treant Monk on YouTube. Uh, he does uh, some really great breakdowns of things, uh, and a lot of the time when he sees something and uh, that gets put, put out, he'll say he'll speculate about what he thinks is next, uh, and a lot of the time he's either correct or he's predictions are better than what actually gets put out. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, so I can highly recommend him. Um, just with uh, a little note to say, a lot of his stuff is focused on optimization. But if you're looking at maths, that's probably what you're looking at anyway. So first section, section one, design choices. This is where we add in the thing like the, the music still the plays, the, the very yeah. cool oh, music. I, I know how I'll edit this one if I can figure out how to do it in Premiere Pro. Section just, one. Yeah. Yeah, just have everybody fade away. Some like magical floaties go by, and then find it. <laughs> what, what's the name one. of section one in this one? Uh, design oh, choices. Oh, design it's choices. Not. Section yeah. one. Design choices. Yeah, Alex. I'm just if I message you during the week, and I'm just like, hey, can you give me some sound bites for the sections? Sure. Like, Do you want a different all? accent for every single one? <laughs> yeah. No, just a very characteristic. You just like bass boosted and everything. Oh, like right, right yeah, in there. Probably, yeah, I'll yeah, swallow just, the mic for that? that one. Can you just try it? <laughs> try it really quick right now for us. Well, what, how, you want bass boost? Okay, there's my bass boost. Sec section one design choices. Just in section, your most like section one design choices. Are we are we good with? I can bass boost yeah. even more. How, how's this? How's that for a bass boost? Oh, it, sound, it just sounds it, like your microphone or your speaker is broken. No. I know. That's, 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 I, I can adjust the levels. No one cares about. Anyway, <laughs> I have a mix. Uh, there there are people the who would care. Well, there are. Um, anyway, uh, so to start, then um, the I should say a lot of the the communication within the playtests about design philosophy or design choices has gotten better as they've been released. For example, uh, in Playtest 5, they have started putting in essentially a change log um, mm. of this is different, this is different, which was really helpful for me when making my notes because I had to do it nitty gritty style for 
the first few, except well, for all of it except PlayStation Five. Although I will um, say those design notes are helpful-ish, but they're not that helpful in the you still have to go back and forth and try to really work out what yeah. the hell they're talking about. Like it, yeah, it, it says all right, but it's not it, great. They say this is new and this is different, and it might say why it's different, but you actually have they to. They won't say where it came to, from, like what it was before. Yeah. 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 yeah there's some, I have to so, do some backwards research. So outside of the actual documents themselves, we know about what some of the choices are and design philosophies are because DD Beyond has a YouTube channel and they put out a video with Jeremy Crawford, usually after each um, a survey uh, has either come out or maybe, you know, a document is about to come out and they want to kind of hype people up or let people know that it's dropping in a day or so. So it's almost like a teaser or like a review. Um, they kind of do a little bit of both. And in this, Jeremy Crawford says, you know, we look at these, these features scored really highly, uh, which we thought was the case. These features scored really low. And just so that people are aware, they're using a system where basically if it is under 70% like approval, it's considered low scoring. So you've got to be relatively high scoring. Fair. Yeah. Um, it's uh, similar to what is called a, a net promoter score, which is basically a, you would rate something one out of 10 of like how likely you are to recommend it to a friend. Mm. If you are like an eight, nine or 10, uh, sorry, if you are a nine or a 10, you would actively promote it to a friend. That's a great score. If you're an, um, a seven or eight, you're really enjoying it and you're more likely to, but anything under that is considered like a six is considered a bad score because yeah, you like it, but you're not going to, do anything to make someone else or introduce it to someone else. So they're using a similar system to that. And I think it's, this is where some of my personal bias is gonna show straight away. I think it's worth mentioning that there is a certain phrase, I hesitate to use the word excuse, but a certain phrase that has been trotted out Just use for <laughs> various low performing um, changes, which is where you know, and it's worth saying there have been things that have performed really well. There have been low performing changes, which is to be expected. But Jeremy Crawford has, on behalf of the design team, said, "Oh, those changes were hugely experimental. We were just, mm. we were just seeing what what would stick." The backpedaling, the back. And it does. I just, yeah, I just feel it's worth mentioning that it feels like an excuse of, Doesn't oh well, you know, and whether yeah. or not that's something they have to justify to their corporate overlords because that's what they are now. Mm. Um, or if they just want to save some face, it just, I, it doesn't, you know. It's, it's if it seems like shit, it's probably shit. I think it's a strange <laughs> one overall of like, so up till now, I mean, as far as I'm aware, all of the editions that have come out, it's just been like, here's a new edition. If you want to use it, use it. If you don't, don't. And there's been updates and stuff, but there's never been like a community involvement other than homebrew stuff and such like that. There was there was four five e. I don't know about prior to that. But but this one feels like the first one. I mean, I I obviously we I personally started after five e had already come out. But with this one, it feels like they want to do this whole. Oh, we're including the community because it sounds good for the community. But then in the back rooms, <clears throat> they're like, okay, so the community has some stake, but at the same time. Yeah, we kind of we're going to make it anyway, and then if it doesn't, like you say, if it doesn't perform well, it's experimental, and we won't look bad because then we know to the public 
presumably we look like we actually know what we're talking about. And it, I don't know. It, it is a really weird in-between of like trying to include, I say the public, trying to include players whilst also not including players at all. I, I feel like having that there is this definitely if you want to experiment this is now the time and place this is the opportunity to to be doing that I just think that a better way to do it and in in all senses is if you have an idea that you think is experimental put it in there with whatever you think the logical change mm. is like and then you the feed feedback can be gotten on both um and it can also give you you know if they both score really well or they both score poorly but differently then it gives you a direction of okay the community really likes this idea more than this idea rather than what they have at the moment which is they do or do not like this one thing yeah but I'm not a game designer, so Jeremy Crawford, <laughs> feel free to tell me to go find myself. Um, <laughs> I'm sure he would. <laughs> yeah. Um, let's talk about the name. So, one d and has been confirmed to be, and they've been very firm on this, just the playtest name. For five e, the playtest they did was called D&D Next. Because because one D&D yeah. was only ever the experimental name. Uh, of it course. was never intended to be the full name. <laughs> of course. Um, there was no confusion on that when they announced it at all. And they didn't mm -hmm. talk about just unifying all editions together into one D&D. That didn't happen. Yeah. Under a different contract or, or whatever the yeah. hell it's called. Yeah. So Wizards is sticking very firm on the fact that this is still 5e in 5th edition. Uh, and Jeremy Crawford said that internally, designers have been referring to the 2014 PHB, or Player's Handbook, or probably just calling it PHB, and 2024 PHB instead of something like 5.5e, which is quite popular with the community. Uh, to me, it seems like if you're making enough changes that you're going to print new books, it's a new edition. Yeah. I don't, you know? I don't know why they're so resistant to it being a new edition. That feels well, weird, even, answer, if it, even if it was. Well, I have the answer to that. Oh, from the horse's mouth. Please do update me. Sorry, from the Crawford's mouth. Uh, it's about money. Uh, fifth edition books sell well. They want them to continue to sell well, so they're going to call this fifth edition because it won't impact. It won't lessen, in theory, sales of fifth edition books. Because if they called it sixth edition, or even five point five edition, people might not buy fifth edition books. They might wait and just get. 5.5 edition books even though they would be quote-unquote backwards compatible yeah which is of course the dumbest thing i've ever fucking heard yeah, in my life super dumb. it's this I, I can imagine like a popular brand grand theft auto they have grand theft auto 5 and grand theft auto online imagine them saying they're making six i don't know if they are or not and then being like oh but we're gonna call it five because because it, it's you know it's just, it's not it's a, you have to buy a new disc and like a new thing but you can import your stuff backwards or forwards maybe I don't know that might actually happen but like you know it's still it's still the same game of course yeah, if you learn to drive in like, GTA Five you'll be able to drive in GTA Six exactly it's like well it's not obviously not the same game because it's a new disc new story or whatever or maybe not a new story but it's just it, I don't know it's the dumbest thing to be like oh well you know it's, a, it's for sales blah 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 if you're gonna make a new edition like you said make a new edition if you're gonna sell a new book sell a new book. Keep the 5e books available. Keep the 6e or 5.5e books available. People will buy them. 
just have less of one, more yeah. of the other. I, I don't, I don't really understand. Supposedly, D&D Next was what they wanted to call 5th edition, but because the community ever. kept calling it 5e, they just caved and called it called it 5e. I, I, don't, I feel like there hasn't been an acknowledgement that the community is probably just still going to call it 5.5e. Mm-hmm. I'd be interested to see the actual metrics on how many people are just calling it 5e, because nobody would, because that's just confusing. Because imagine if I said, oh, we're going to play some 5e, but like, wait, do you mean 5e or like new 5e? No one's yeah. doing that. That's just, that's not how people name things. Yeah. No one's no one's going to say, oh, do you play with the 2024 handbook or the 2014 well, handbook? Some people might, to be fair, but that's when you start getting into the nitty gritty. If you're introducing yeah. someone, imagine introducing someone to D&D and being like, hey, so we're going to play 5e, but if you've been playing 5e or, or like red 5e, you might have been reading a different 5e. It's a different 5e. It's kind of the same, but like it's mostly mostly the same, but a little bit different. They're both cool 5e, so they're technically the same, but they're not the same. They've been like, I'm just leaving. <laughs> I'm not sticking around for this. Um, this brings me nicely to my next uh, point that I have here, which is that these new books, while they are new books, may well end up not being all that different, which raises even more questions about why they're even making them. Mm. Because, and I have an actual quote here, uh, from Jeremy Crawford. He, he has basically confirmed that while there will be new material in these three core books, um, and there will be old material that has been refined, like, you know, a lot of the, I think we could call the classes as old material that's being refined for the most part, even though there might be new subclasses, for example, uh, most of the old material is going to remain the same. Mm. Where he's basically said that if elements of the playtest don't score well and the design team hasn't marked you know that specific thing as something that has to change that they've decided that they are just going to change anyway uh then they're just not gonna they're just not gonna change it yeah and it'll revert to what it was uh i can quote people are going to see in upcoming unearthed arcanas a return to many familiar things from the 2013 books but now with some of the new material incorporated end quote but with some of the new material. Yeah, very hesitant on what that... that that's yeah. so unclear, it's a little worrying that it's just going to be making even less sense than some of it already it does. Sounds, it sounds like they're trying to do a remastered version in video game yeah. terms of I mean, a tabletop game. <laughs> even if they wanted to just come out with a remastered edition, I feel like people would be okay with that, because there's a bunch of stuff in 5e where you're like, oh, this doesn't make sense, this needs to be clearer, this blah blah blah. So I, I can even understand them being like, listen, we, you know, everyone has little bits and pieces, you know, this doesn't make sense, or blah blah blah, we're just going to do some small updates, but it will stay the same. But I, See, they're in a way... The they, they do that already, they release an errata, well, and every yes. time they errata something, they update the, the core books, and you know, that's then the yeah. new printing going forward. So if, if that's all it is... Why? Why the hell are they just doing a very obvious scam trying to get I mean, money out of people? We know the answer because they started with this whole huge idea. Everyone went, eh, and they went, oh, but, but no, that's not what it was. I, yeah. It's actually whatever it is. What is it that you wanted? Because that's what we're doing. The thing that you yeah. wanted is the one that we're doing. That's that's what we're actually doing. <laughs> it's very uh, silly. So as we're going through all of this material today, uh, it's a little bit of take it with a grain of salt or spot the thing that you think hasn't or won't score well uh, and won't be in the final cut. Uh, 
there are some things where I think it will be pretty obvious and some things where who knows uh, I can tell you something that they I, have I'll have in the third category of there'll be some bits of who cares yeah I will be right back you keep talking and listening I'm just gonna grab food okay so they have already confirmed something that they're getting rid of um, and something that they're keeping so they've been very clear they want all subclasses at level three that's going to yeah. be the standard across the board, also classes at level three. But they've also confirmed that they're getting rid of the subclass progression standard that they had been working with for these releases. So all subclasses will progress at the same levels that they currently do. Mm. Which means that some, cla some classes will just get more features than others still. Yeah. It's a weird one, really. I guess it, they're trying to move or attempting to move towards a more unified leveling idea. But I don't think they're succeeding. Yeah, they're, they've, they are basically, they are not front-loading classes anymore. They're, they're trying to spread out the power a little bit. And so you can't just like take one level in something and it be just like an awesome multi-class because you get loads and loads of stuff. Um... Which is fine, but none of that. Like, if you if you're trying to uni if you're unifying one thing about leveling, unify all of it. Mm. Like, there's I I don't understand why you would get rid of that because I've seen a lot of since that was confirmed, a lot of people going, I really like that. I don't even know if that's something that they've taken polling on, or if they've just decided we don't want to do this anymore, or if it was ever this is something that we're going to that we're going to try and do. Or if it was just to try and make it look better, yeah, um, we will likely never know. Yeah, I like front loading to be honest because I think it helps with people joining D and D, um, and like feeling well, a little more useful if you start from a lower level. Yeah, it's what it's what it's what people play low level games or start at low level yeah. for because that's when you get your like signature abilities the cool shit um, and i would i would argue i mean the way that we play or i always imagine playing is you the first bit where it is front loaded you get the mechanical abilities that are really cool but then the later bit when you're getting levels and you still get some cool stuff but you're you're leaning much more into the rpg and that's where the like the world expands a lot more and your characters expand from an rpg perspective and you get a lot more filled in from that rather than just the mechanics because at the beginning you don't have as much of that so it does spread out i would say in my opinion whether that's because that's the way the levels are set up, so therefore it's forced like that, or whether it's like that because that's how it feels better to play, I don't know. But And th this is just to be clear, this is not saying that people are not getting abilities and stuff at level one and level two, they absolutely are. Hmm. It's just that things are, things have been pushed back, and in cases where things have been pushed back, lots of things have been pushed back uh, for some instances, but we'll, we'll, we'll see that as it goes. Um, we have been told that the next playtest, not when it will be, but we've been told that it will be the revised experts and priests, um, and that they will look a lot more like their existing versions, keeping only the really popular changes. I think this will give us a really good idea of, from the, all the other stuff, what is going to stay and what isn't going to stay. Um, there has been no word on the things that they are definitely wanting to change, but were not well received, like the changes to the Druid's wild shape, which we will talk about. Uh, <laughs> I feel like that's, uh, that's become one of the most opinionated parts. <laughs> um, five D&D points uh, to who can tell me uh, what's missing from that. From which bit? 
from what I just said. So uh, the next one is going to be the experts and priests revised. Um, what what's missing? Do you think? I mean, there are lots of answers to this. There's one that I'm looking for that is worth points. <laughs> like from what, like something that is happening that you said, or something that they probably should have. Something that something that is, I think, glaring by its omission. Is the answer still the monk? It is still <laughs> the monk. Five D points <laughs> yes, Okay. Why are yeah. we seeing the revised priests? We're seeing six. Yeah. Okay, I get what the question is now. I understand. Before we see anything about the monk. Yeah. Like that it's just like they don't <laughs> they have no idea what to do with the monk. Like it's not a complicated class. <laughs> and the, the, the revisions to they make punch it a, a lot. better class than That's it, it is. I, I are super what, easy. <laughs> even if it was a complicated class, even if it was the most complex class, which obviously we would argue it isn't, why would your I don't know what you call it, a storyboard, your Gantt chart. Why would it include going through a couple of them, then revising some, and then doing more, and then going back and revising the first ones, and then leaving one out? Like, it would make more sense to go through them, get some opinions, because then you can also get general opinions and put some more general stuff out there. Yeah, because I'm sure that they are making changes to, you know, classes based on... They'll have made changes to the warriors, say, that they have shown mm. us, based on the feedback that they got from the experts. But what this means is that we never see the original iteration of the monk or anything in between when we actually see it, unless they no. just aren't working on it at the same time, which would be fucking crazy. I mean, um, the, the only thing in the playtest five is it one sentence says, the monk will appear in a future UA, along with revised versions of other classes. Yeah. <laughs> so maybe, or maybe not. <laughs> Uh, and then the last little thing on um, the kind of design choices is something that they... It's a format change being experimented with, um, which is the capitalization of words. The example given was poisoned with a capital P is means and is referring to the game mechanic, and poisoned without a capital P just means poisoned as a word. Now to me, and forgive me for saying the obvious here, but most of the time, D&D's a verbal game. Uh, yeah. <laughs> sorry if that's this, obvious and scathing, but yeah, no, I mean, it's, it's, it can be scathing because you are entirely correct. Though when it's written down, being poison, like you can say, oh, this inflicts poison or this is poisoning, blah blah blah. The differences with the capitals, yeah, fine. You read the spell, but then if you're reading it out, it will always incur the next sentence, which is, oh, and by which I mean the condition, not the just the word. Yeah, you know, and the English language is overly complex there's more than one word for the word poison <laughs> like it exists nobody <laughs> wants to learn new grammar rules for a tabletop game yeah this yeah. we like maths rules <laughs> not grammar rules <laughs> no it, it, I it's just well, also nobody it, will ever pay attention to that <laughs> yeah it, it it also i would say it will get confusing for possibly get confusing for like uh, multilingual people or people who English isn't their first language, where it might get a bit more confusing about trying to explain the difference between it's the same word but different meanings, blah, blah, blah. If it's just two different words, you can just learn two different meanings, you know? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> any final thoughts on design choices generally then before we move on to the next? Personal section? opinions or <laughs> whatever, whatever you got. Uh, 
I mean, my, my, my overarching personal opinion is the whole idea of 1D&D &D or whatever, new 5e 2024 slash whatever they're going to call it, is moronic. It, it doesn't make any sense. They have flipped flipped and flopped so many times. It reminds me of like previous jobs where you get people up top who are just trying to, they, they don't know what the fuck they want. There's multiple people doing different things. And it just means that it's a constant confusion. If they had from the beginning said, this is what we're making, and then gone through with it, or even said, this is what we're going to make, and people said, I don't want that, and they went fine, or they did make it, great. You can then move forwards with it, even if you do have public opinion. But to have like a weird experimental this, revised this, it's going to be the same thing, but it's not kind of way forwards is idiotic. It, it's not helpful for a brand at all. Then again, my you know, opinion, Pirate the Pinkertons is also not good for a brand, but let's not go yeah. there. My opinion is that they have already lost all goodwill after that SRD mishap. Yeah, which we should they we should can't... mention this is this is post all the SRD yeah. copyright and all that stuff. So all everything we're saying and everything that is being released, they know they are releasing to a more hostile audience. They, I just, I can't trust a single word that comes out of their mouth because they've made clear their priorities are just to make money. And sure, if the developers, like if Jeremy Crawford broke off from Wizard of the Coast and worked with a group of people to make their own thing, I'd be all in. I'd be like, yeah, okay, these designers mm -hmm. care. But yeah. because they're still under Wizard of the Coast, I cannot trust a single thing that they do. That, that's, worth, that's, fair. that's a very important classification of like it's yeah. not necessarily D D we have an issue with it is wizards of the ghost yeah the the game does not make choices that we find offensive yeah. um, <laughs> um but on on that point rowan it is also worth pointing out we are now halfway through the play test it has been committed to time and again that what the, the final version of one D D, whatever they end up calling it and I will be fine if we just call it 5.5e amongst ourselves. I think, I think it will be 5.5. I yeah. think they'll realize that 5.5 um, is the best. It, they have committed to that it will be published and therefore available in 2024. My assumption is that'll be just in time for the Christmas season. Because oh, yeah. they just won't yep. have... The, so I reckon final plague test, early summer, at mm -hmm. the latest... And after that, and that will be the most minor stuff that people they that they think people will object to the least. Um, we we also haven't seen so in the playtest from now until then. The things we should expect to see is revised versions of everything we've already seen, the monk, and hopefully a revised version of that. A playtest dedicated entirely to spells, rather than just this kind of piecemeal thing that we've had. Mm. and a monster manual playtest. And there is reason to think that we will get a monster manual playtest, which we'll go into with a little bit of the class stuff, but it would be nuts not to have all of those things, and it would be really great to have more than that. <laughs> mm -hmm. uh, but I, I understand that you, when you're doing something like this with the public and your audience of paying customers, you can't just keep being like, and what, what do you think about this? What do you think about this? Like, at some point, you have to make a decision, but yeah, I feel like you can do that if you're a small, very small company. Yeah, because then you can make those more sort of like individual things. When you're a giant thing like this, 
Yeah. Well, you can also yeah. do it on a faster time scale because you don't have to wait so long because exactly. you're sifting through so much data. Mm -hmm. um, okay. Then. If they actually sift through the data. Yeah. Section two, species. Alex, I don't know if you want to do a thing. I thought you were going to do it later. Section two, species. No, no, <laughs> no. Okay, um... I guess we will do it later. <laughs> <laughs> so, if you guys want to turn to UA 2022, because this was from last year, uh, oh. cleric and species. Okay. And you can head on over to page eight for me. So, um, again, something, basically, Will, this did not feature revised versions of everything that was in the original Species Playtest. Um, there are only three here, one of which is not actually a revision of a player's, uh, is it in the player's handbook? It might be in the player's handbook, but it's not a revision of something that was in the first document. The new version of... So the first one is the Ardling. Um, this is the one on page eight. So this was the brand new race uh, that is not, again, it is not an, an iteration of something in the player's handbook. It was going to be brand new for this new player's handbook. Um, they're essentially a celestial beast person, as I said earlier, and this version of it leans much more into the beast side of it rather than the celestial side because it didn't score very well. So This one's for you, we, furries. Yeah, so we're not we're not going to go massively into what the older version had. I'm just going to say that instead of a temporary bonus action flight, um, the new Ardling basically has different types that you could be um, based on what animal ancestry you had. So you could be a climber, a flyer, a racer, or a swimmer, and you got things like a swim speed, or um, you could essentially feather fall yourself because you had wings, etc. There was no more leveled spellcasting or a resistance. Instead, you got to pick one divine cantrip to know each per long rest, and you just swap it out each long rest if you want, uh, and you got proficiency in perception. Uh, the reason why we're not going to spend a long time on this is because they've already confirmed that it didn't score very well on the revised version, so it's out. Uh, no Ardlings. Sorry, fairies. Um, there is something yeah. that I wanted to point out, though. If you look on where it has climber, racer, uh, flyer, swimmer, they have examples. <laughs> I, I have never thought there. of the Triceratops as, as a, a racer. fast racing creature. <laughs> yeah. The other examples there are deer, dog, horse, and Triceratops. Yeah. Deer, dog, horse, you can get it. See, it's really interesting that I feel like, I don't know why they've put it in there. If they wanted to include something like a Triceratops, I feel like they should have been a, another category of like, you know, like, um, I don't know what word you use, bulky, something like that, yeah. where you have like big, heavy beasts, gorilla, triceratops, where you get that. Yeah, I, I mean, maybe triceratops was supposedly really fast, but I mean, no media that I've seen of it has shown that to be the case. They seem pretty heavy and yeah. bulky. I like, don't if know. you're gonna pick, like, okay, yes, it is a dinosaur that has four legs, and if you want to include a dinosaur on a list of things that are fast because they have four legs, sure. But, like, there are faster dinosaurs, well-known faster dinosaurs... Velociraptor. ...that don't, <laughs> that don't like... like <laughs> really either version of the Velociraptor, like uh, Jurassic Park Velociraptor or newer uh, revised uh, Velociraptor, both are meant to be really speedy. Yeah. 
We'll, we'll not be playtesting the uh, the new version of the Velociraptor today. I uh, just wanted to put that on. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so yeah, so that's that's the Ardling. It was as insignificant as it was short-lived. Uh, moving on <laughs> to the very bottom <laughs> of page eight and all page, uh, well, most of page nine, we have the Dragonborn. Uh, now, the Dragonborn is a fan favorite race, I think, just because it very mm. much is straightaway lean, puts your character into that kind of fantasy esque um, realm because you're a big lizardy, dragony person. Mm -hmm. The player's handbook version of this, the original, is notoriously bad in terms of the features that it gives you. Um, they just they just don't suit very well for play. So, for example, you have a breath weapon. That's cool, you can breathe fire or acid or something. But that takes an action. Then, a couple of years ago, they released a book called Fizzband's Treasury of Dragons, which included three new versions of the Dragonborn based on each of the different type of dragon. There was the gem dragons and dragonborn, chromatic and metallic, and their various colours within. Um, the last version of the playtest dragonborn was basically it just changed like it gave them dark vision and it changed the damage die of the breath weapon and that was it and people were pierced uh this version to give you the cliff notes you still pick your draconic ancestry with uh and the resistance that you get from it you know that's kind of i think people would be stunned if they took that away the breath weapon has been updated to the standard in fizz bands so it now takes up an attack so if you are a fighter and you can attack three times, you can make one of those your breath weapon attack. Great. You don't you don't now have to sacrifice the one thing that you're super good at for something that is not, mm. you know, fantastic. Uh, and then at level five, they get a bonus action temporary flight once a long rest. Um, but it lasts 10 minutes rather than a minute like some temporary flight. How do we feel? I'm a bit confused about. Well, I mean, I guess I'm not because it is technically a separate book where the gem dragons aren't included. I, I when they added the gem dragons, I thought it would become a bit more standard. But I guess I can understand why they're not there. Um, but that aside, it's it's to get you to buy fist bands. Well, that's obviously <laughs> true. Um, which then brings the question of that: Are they going to update fist bands? Anyway, um, yeah, there you go. The another ten years, maybe. <laughs> when they could sell a new book, the breath weapon being an attack, an attack action. I feel like is isn't is it not easier to just make it like a bonus? Is am I am I just being too making it too simple to just be like make it a bonus? It's no longer an action because then I mean I guess yes you can still do two attacks and a breath weapon, but it's not stupidly powerful. It's fairly powerful, especially the higher level you get, and you well, can use it. This once is the thing, rest. right? So so the damage scaling on this is equal <clears throat> to a cantrip, like a good cantrip, like firebolt. But it's it's a cantrip, and to make it, but because it can target multiple creatures at once, I think they're thinking. Because I agree with you, it is not a particularly powerful feature. It's a very thematic feature. Mm. It's not necessarily a powerful feature. Is that that would be too powerful all at once uh, to be able to be a fighter, do your three attacks and a breath weapon. Uh, I think that's their thinking of it. 
I, I don't know. Oh, it's worth saying as well that you can do it proficiency times uh, a long rest. Um, I mean, I guess. So, so here's the. I, I, I guess I can. Well, words to sort of get to what I'm thinking. Use it once per long rest. So you want it to feel like it's doing something a bit more powerful. One d10 as damage. There are a lot of weapons, especially for fighters and such, where 1d10 is like a standard swing of the sword or whatever weapon you're using. 1d12, 1d10, 1d8, whatever. It's in that kind of a range. If you replace one of the attacks with it, you know, you do two normal swings and the breath weapon, it's kind of just three of the same thing, except one maybe has a bit more. It can attack a couple more people. It's not that much more powerful. For me, if I'm going to have a character that can literally breathe fire... I'm going to want to feel like it's more powerful, and it is a little bit OTT in the moment, and then I can't use it until I've rested again, which means I have to choose it carefully, I have to pick it per fight, so then I can slash slash three times, and then effectively get another attack with some, you know, attacking multiple things. And yeah, it is more powerful, but that, that that's correct? Not just, I don't know. I think you get what I'm saying. I think I should about it, right? more. I well, agree. Cowards, honestly. The, I don't understand the why flight, you The flight is once a long rest. Yeah. Um, I'm assuming if you only and, need the flight for 30 seconds of those 10 minutes, it's still used up for the mm. whole time. Yeah. Yeah. yeah this yeah, is it's where... not a. You don't get to. And maybe that. Maybe that would be the fix. The. the yeah. I can't remember which magic item it is. It might be boots of flying. Uh, but there is a, there is a magic item where you can ten minutes a day like, rather than ten minutes in a burst. Yeah, you can like portion it out, and it has this much. And once you've used that, you've got to re recharge. Yeah. So maybe something like that, where you have ten minutes, and you can do ten one minute increments. Um, I guess the thinking, but uh, for that would be that it would be. Uh, you'd be able to just do it every combat because no one's. I mean, Stop. if you're doing more than ten combats in a day, you know, Jesus Christ. Um, yeah. But we do also have races that can fly, mm -hmm. sorry, species that can fly with no limitations of duration, only that uh, they can't use like certain armors. Yeah, and I understand, so that's, like, I guess that's the for, for those species, it's that's like their main thing. And these guys also have the dragon's breath, but yeah, just more than that, like if they can only use it during battle, like it's only relevant during battle, so what? The, the, the other ones yeah. have like their um, out of battle. Um, use of it where they can just like fly over a whole fucking forest and just say fuck you rough terrain I'm ignoring you but, actually oh. that is an excellent point the only uh, feature that the dragonborn get that is not relevant in com well actually you could make an argument that it is I was going to say dark vision everything else aside from the draconic flight okay you could use it to like cross a gorge or something mm -hmm. Mm -hmm but once a day. So you're actually probably only going to use it for a fight because you're going to want to save it for a fight. Mm -hmm. So you're actually only getting, as a perk, dark vision yeah. that's going to be more useful outside of combat than it is in combat. Whereas lots of races get skill proficiencies and all sorts. Yeah. So I think it's better than it was, uh, but it would be hard to make it worse. So. Honestly, yeah. I think just... Give them wings, make them fly. Yeah, I don't think it's too overpowered to make them fly. 
don't know. Maybe that's just me. I, I think if you're going to give a race permanent flight, then you do. Then you should put in something like there are certain armors that they can't have on and yeah. to fly. That's fair. Balance it Or do it as a proficiency bonus thing for less time, like for yeah, a yeah. minute. Yeah. Um, okay. Moving on then. Before we do the Goliath on. was oh god. I was just one step back from this. Species is a weird word to me because I always I always think of all of the humanoids that we, what we currently call races. It's like dogs. You know, you have a Labrador, you have a Chihuahua. They're not different species. Yeah, you know, so that would come breeds. under the creature type stuff. So, for, so as you said, they're all humanoids, and then you get some which are fae. We even have oozes now that are playable. Yeah. Yeah, species feels a little, and this is weird to say when we've just been talking about a race of sentient Felicity dragon people, <laughs> but it feels a bit dehumanizing. It kind of is. Uh, <laughs> I don't know. I, I mean, I get I, kind of where they're coming from, but I don't think it is lots of different species. Because species, I don't know, the way that most games are played, I guess, it's like the humanoid, even if they're fair or whatever, by shape, humanoid are like one species, and then you have the horses and that they're a species and dogs and they're a species and owl bear and they're a species and then under that you'd have subspecies if you didn't want to call it yeah. breeds but you know species just feels weird yeah I, I for me as it's it's a thing that others kind of uh, a race or species a bit more and I'm not sure that is necessarily the direction to go in because we should say the reason why this has come about is because of um, updates to language that can be considered offensive because of historical ties. So in this case, yeah. um, there is a lot to do with culturally and historically orcs being an allegory for people of colour, specifically um, black people, uh, and, you know, with them being, quote unquote, you know, violent or barbaric, etc., etc. It's also one of the reasons why they've gotten rid of, you know, all orcs and goblins are evil. Stuff like yeah. that. Because w we shouldn't just lump, <laughs> lump a group of people together. It's, it's uh, perpetuated. Being bad. Yeah, so that, that's why it's different. And as I said, they tried it with folk and it just didn't stick. I, I don't feel that they tried very hard with folk, I will say. But, yeah. I think subspecies. <laughs> is, that, is that too much of a... Like it's basically the same word, but it just means a lot more. I don't know. I guess it doesn't really matter. I understand why the change is there. That's not a bit I have an issue with. My issue is the word they've chosen in place of it. Yeah. Okay, so uh, Goliath then. Uh, if we're good to carry on? Yeah, yeah. Cool. So the Goliath, for anyone who has not played with one, because I feel like they're not I mean, anyone who's seen Critical Role. That's true. Grog was a Goliath for people who've seen Critical Role, but or watched Legends of Vox Machina and somehow are listening to us uh, without any other knowledge of D and D. Um, so basically, mountainous people that are kind of somewhat related to giants. Yeah, like they had more lore separating them as like a kind of giant in previous editions. Five E doesn't really go big into that kind of thing. So now it is that they are making them descendants of particular kinds of giants. So. Uh, they pretty much had a complete revamp. Um, they now have an increased movement speed because they're big. Um, they have a 35-foot movement speed instead of the usual 30. Um, you Like the Dragonborn, you choose an ancestry. Uh, only with this, you gain a feature. Um, all of the features that you get are proficiency bonus times per long rest. And 
we'll go through what those are. So they are related to each kind of giant. So Cloud Giant, you can bonus action teleport um, 30 feet. That's relatively standard for a handful of races. There are various kinds of elves that get that. Uh, fire Giants, when you hit a target with an attack roll and deal damage to it, you can also deal 1d10 fire damage to that target. Proficiency times a long rest. I mean, that's it's not especially exciting or I would argue as powerful as like a bonus action teleport, but mm -hmm. you know there are worse things. Uh, Frost Giant, when you hit a target with an attack roll and deal damage to it, you can do a d6 of cold damage and you reduce its speed by 10 feet until the start of its next turn. Uh, it's worth mentioning that that doesn't require any kind of saving throw. That just happens if you deal damage to them with an attack roll. So that could include Eldritch Blast. It doesn't have to be that you hit them with a hammer or something. Uh, the Hill Giant. When you hit a large or smaller creature with an attack roll and deal damage to it, you can knock that target prone. Again, no saving throw. Proficiency times long rest. That's relatively powerful. Um, Stone's Endurance for the Stone Giant. This is basically what all Goliaths had previously. Uh, when you take damage, you can use your reaction to roll a d12. Add your constitution modifier to the number, and the damage is reduced by that number. Um, I believe that was only once a uh, long rest before. Um, and now it's proficiency bonus times a long rest, so still an improvement. And then Storm Giant gets uh, possibly the worst one, which is when you take damage from a creature within 60 feet, you can use your reaction to deal a d8 standard damage. Uh, I think most people will have better things to do with their reactions, but whatever. Uh, that's not all, though. If you thought that was all, that's yeah, not all. I'm you want to get to until you get to the... <laughs> yeah. At fifth level, you gain the ability to make yourself large size, um, and you basically get all the features of um, the giant's might from the rune giant, except this lasts for 10 minutes. Whereas that only lasts for a minute. Uh, you also get powerful build, which means that you have advantage on any saving throw you make to end the grappled condition. Uh, and you count as a size larger when determining carrying capacity and weight that you can push and drag and stuff if you're using those rules. It's You, you essentially, by choosing this race, you get a little mini package of the Rune Knight Fighter. Yeah. Uh, I'll just quickly say, before you give your thoughts, Alex, what they have lost is that kind of standardization of the stone's endurance to damage mitigation. Uh, they've lost uh, cold resistance uh, and an adaptation to high altitudes, <laughs> which I don't think anyone ever no. found necessary. Uh, thoughts? What do we think about the Goliath? I have two thoughts. My first thought is those, uh, I don't even know what you call them, ancestries. Uh, are so boring. Um, I don't think I can say how much I am basically falling asleep reading them. They, I get the idea of being like, ooh, the different giants have this different stuff, but it is such a massive simplification of this idea that literal giants, I mean, I think in D&D they are, I think the tallest of them is like 30, 20, 30 feet, although they're not like, you know, um, Jack of the Beanstalk kind of size, but still these like literal giants, these powerful creatures, and you have like a little bit of like, oh, I can do some fire damage. Eh. I feel like they could have just done more with it, like a lot more than just being like, oh, a fire giant, some fire, a frost giant, and some cold, could slow them. You know, it's pretty I, cool it, that it, they don't get saving throws for some of that stuff, though. Yeah, and it's nice, but I feel like it just could have been more yeah. inventive, maybe. 
Um, the second point was just this is really interesting because for reasons I'm of course not going to go into to meta for C3, I'm massively looking into uh, giants and descendants of giants, which is hilarious that this is obviously coming out, but um, not using any of this stuff because I have <laughs> way better ideas. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's but, Jeremy Crawford. Uh, You've been called out. You've got 24 hours to respond. <laughs> Yeah, no, I, on Twitter, just issue, like, like drop a pin where Alex can mm. come and fight you in a ring. Some kind um, of shit. Uh, yeah. Yeah, I hear the Vegas Octagon is going to be full soon, though, so it'll have to be Yeah, soon. yeah. <laughs> no, but, yeah, I, I just think they could have done so much more. I know that generally with the now species stuff, they don't add too much, but it's, I don't know. It's just so boring. It's just so boring. Yeah, they haven't pushed the boat out with, with this. Um, I reckon that all the stuff that Okay, maybe maybe not reducing the speed by ten feet, but definitely knocking prone without any kind of saving throw. I think that's probably not gonna. That's like, not gonna yeah. stay because it's powerful. It's strong, um, yeah. even though there is it's a size true, limitation yeah. on it. But you know, the the size limitation. If you notice, though, it's a large or smaller creature. It's not a creature one size larger than you, because mm -hmm. you can make yourself yeah. larger. The the being able to make yourself larger. Outside of the enlarge spell, currently only two races and one class are able to do that. Rune Knight Fighter, as I mentioned, um, Fairy learns the enlarge spell, so I'm counting that. Uh, and I believe the current version, because I don't remember if they released a new one, uh, of the Duragar also are able to enlarge themselves. Um, I would imagine that the Barbarian class being released in the, the book about giants that's coming out next probably can do the same because it would seem strange if they couldn't. Um, but, you know, it's a to me, it's a little bit whatever. Um, yeah, I think they could do something far more interesting than that again yeah. for this. Yeah. Which, which is not to say it's bad, and I like that there are multiple options. Even options if you can good, take one, better options. But yeah, I think they should. They maybe should have had a couple that pushed the boat out, or make more of an effort to make them equal in power. Having to use your reaction to deal a D8 of thunder damage that doesn't scale, versus proficiency times a long rest bonus action teleport for 30 mm -hmm. feet is just they're they're incomparable. Like in terms of how good they are, the the yeah. teleport is just so much better than everything else on there. Except also, for potentially the knocking prone. Yeah, and knocking, knocking anyone down that you do damage to prone, you could, as a fairly high-level fighter, and some others, there's no like classification. You could knock down three, maybe four people. Yeah, which I think is which I think is a good say thing. melee. Uh, but uh, no, it doesn't. That's why I said you could do it with Eldritch Blast. You could be a exactly. 17th level warlock. Four objects blast, four targets. Which is not However, which is cool, but it's unbalanced. Once, once a, actually, does it say once a turn? No, uh, it, no. it just says one. Uh, your proficiency bonus. So yeah, as long as you have four available, then you can do four. I presume you would do it the higher levels when you have that many uh, attacks. Well, it's just if you if you've used it already in the day. Um, yeah. But yeah, that, that's it for the species. Um, mm. There's no others to kind of talk about uh, from this. Everything else was in the, the previous one, like changes to the tiefling, etc. Uh, so, are you ready to dive into section three, classes? Section three, classes. 
Sure. Yeah. Okay, so this document has all of the like the glossary stuff and and everything, mm -hmm. which we're just not going to bother uh, reading with. So if you want to head back all, all the way up to page three, um, this table that you can see of uh, the amount of spell slots and stuff that you get is exactly the same as we saw uh, in the previous playtest. That's not changing. Um, things like um, hit dice aren't changing. Saving throw proficiencies aren't changing. Weapon proficiencies aren't changing. Uh, armor training, still light armor, medium armor shields. They call it armor training now instead of armor profici proficiency because who knows? Um, <laughs> That's also a little different. Yeah, yeah. Th there's, they've done this a couple times in the five as well where they're just like, this is now called this. Yeah. This so, doesn't sound very backwards compatible or like you're just making an, <laughs> an addition to 5e. <laughs> yeah. So, a cleric is the first of the classes to be released where they previously got their subclass at first level. You make a cleric, you straight away pick what domain you're going to be going with. Um, because you worship whatever god or your power derives from whatever source. That's no longer the case. That is, along with everything else, third level. So, what do you get at first level? First level, you get your channel divinity, which is different. Uh, and they have already confirmed some stuff about it that has changed. Because it was insanely broken. Mm -hmm. Like, crazy, <laughs> crazy overpowered. Basically, uh, your channels, you, you gain channel divinity. You gain resource and two ways to spend it. Uh, it is proficiency bonus times a long rest. That was the problem. If you gain a proficiency bonus times a long rest thing at first level, it continues to scale as you level up. So this feature they have confirmed uh, will be based on your class level moving in when it is the revised version to prevent cases like that with multi-classing mm -hmm. to incentivize you to take more levels in a class to use this feature. So what can you spend this resource on? Divine Spark and Turn Undead. Turn Undead will be familiar to cleric players because that's what they already have. Um, it is just a little bit different. So as a magic action, because doing magic is now considered a kind of action, uh, you present it and each undead within 30 feet of you has to make a wisdom save. If the creature fails at saving throw, it is dazed. That is a new kind of condition yeah. uh, for a minute or until it takes any damage uh, uh, or you are incapacitated or die. The While dazed in this way, the only action the creature can take is the dash action. And if it moves, it must end that move further from you than where it started. I believe dazed is basically just like the slow condition, I think, uh, where... Your movement is reduced, and you can either take an action, bonus action, or reaction. You can't do more than one. Uh, the phrasing of when it moves, it must end that move farther from you than where it started. Why not yeah. just use the same as um, Frightened, which is like you can't move closer Be to the target. Because, so with Frightened, if I am 10 feet away from you, and I want to cross you to get 20 feet on the other side, I can't do that. With this, I could go past you to get further away okay, from you. Okay, fine. I mean... I still... I mean, it, it's still... It's an odd stipulation, but whatever, I guess. 
It just, um, if something's moving past you just to end further away from you, it doesn't sound like it's turning much. <laughs> yeah. Uh, the other thing you can use it on at first level is Divine Spark. You point your holy symbol at another creature uh, that you can see within 30 feet, focus on them, you roll a number of d8s equal to your proficiency bonus, and add them together. You either restore hit points to the creature equal to that total, or you force them to make a con save. On a failed save, the creature takes radiant damage equal to the total, and on a successful save, the creature takes half as much damage. So versatile healing slash damage on a pool of d8. The only thing that's weird to me there is why that's not just two different abilities. One for healing, one for not. Like, like I get it's not that much of a difference, but... Yeah. Yeah, but they, they want it all to share the same resource, I guess. Yeah. Which they could still have done, but it lumps yeah, it together. Yeah, like just, you know, divine... Just, I don't know, whatever. It doesn't matter, it's just strange. Yeah. Uh, Spellcasting. The same as, as previously covered with stuff. Um, except for because it is full access to the divine list. You know what also is on the divine list? Five D D points for whoever can give me the correct answer for this. Um, what what would what, 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 what might clerics have access to in terms of their spells that are divine that they might not have had access to before? Smite. Uh, smite many, spells. Many a smite. Paladin spells. Yeah. The entire paladin spell list is divine. It's all on the same thing. Clerics get access to the whole thing. Yeah. That kind of just makes paladins worse, doesn't it? If you were relying... Yeah, previously, paladin-exclusive spells uh, that clerics couldn't get access to worked except for a couple of cases where they were on a domain list where only one kind of cleric got access to them. Mm. Clerics would get access to them twice as fast because they level up their spellcasting twice as fast. In this, that would there would be no... Not, ne- not necessarily any separation. So clerics get fine steed, for example. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, paladins also get fine steed and... and stuff about fighting seed but we'll cover that when we cover the paladin um everything else is is the same i think i agree that it does make paladins it makes it even less tempting if that's possible to play a paladin than it was before this this whole combining spell list thing just kind of fucks with the ideas of half casters altogether Oh, don't worry. We're, we're going to talk about half-casters today. <laughs> <laughs> I, I read about Warlocks, and I was like, I don't know how I feel about that. Yeah. Uh, I mean, it, it keeps going with, I think, the last time we spoke, I don't think I was there the last time we spoke about 1D&D, maybe it was. Um, but the last time, like, my opinion was put forward, my overall opinion of them massively simplifying everything for no particular advantage, this, this trends towards that. Um... It's another I'm, I'm one not of those. against um, having these kind of three tags for spells yeah. and yeah. features that interact with them in that way, but I preferred having class spell lists because yeah, yeah. it made all the classes more unique rather yeah. than this something like mean, we yeah. had with the Bard where you're an arcane caster, but you can only cast these kinds of spell schools. That's taking options away rather than giving it to them. It, it's almost going back to like with a lot more expansion on it, but like almost going back to like the very first few editions of D&D where you had like 
a fighter, uh, was it like fighter mage and something else? There's only like three. I mean, it was priest. Like yeah. there's only three different types well, of the. Uh, that's class. like that's these groups that they that they're now grouped exactly. in together, isn't it? It's the theory is if you have an expert, a warrior, a mage, and a priest, you have a balanced party. But I mean, all of the classes within those things do different things. A barbarian yeah. can fill a very different role to lots of different kinds of fighters. You know, yeah. And I say a barbarian because lots of barbarians, barbarians do the same thing, but fighters do the same thing in lots of different ways and mm. do multiple yeah. things. Um, well, mm. yeah, we'll get to it. Uh, <laughs> second level then, <laughs> holy order. This is new. This is customize your cleric at second level. You pick a feature out of three, and then at ninth level, you pick another one. So if you are playing a cleric up through the levels, you will eventually have two out of three of these. You you won't get all three, uh, but you pick two out of three. They are get proficiency with martial weapons and heavy armor mm -hmm. uh, as the protector. You could be a scholar, which is you gain proficiency in two of the following. Arcana, history, nature, persuasion, and religion. And whenever you, you make an ability check, using either of those two skills, or both of them, you gain a bonus to the check equal to your wisdom modifier. This is to kind of combat the thing about, like, religion is a cleric's thing, because they are religious, as, like, that's their, that's their archetype. But it's an intelligence-based skill, and there's no re there's no particular reason mechanically for clerics to invest in intelligence. So this way, you can actually be good at religion as a cleric, and it's similar to having expertise. It just will scale a little bit differently, but not mm. significantly. I don't necessarily uh, disagree with the idea. And then the third one is thaumaturge. Um, get an extra divine cantrip. Uh, and when you finish a short rest, regain a use of channel divinity. It's worth pointing out, and this happens a couple of times, where there is an ability where you regain a resource on a short rest. There is no limit to that. You can mm. take three short rests and regain three uses of it. Yeah. Is that practical? Is that just kind of a, you know, optimization theory thing that no one will actually ever be able to do? I don't think so. I, I think that that's a, a fully real thing. It, it's a little bit like um, there's this concept called the bag of rats. Have you ever heard of it? No. So take, for example, the fiend warlock. If mm -hmm. you kill a creature, you gain temporary HP equal to uh, it's like a, your proficiency bonus plus your warlock level, something like that. It doesn't say anything about what kind of creature it has to be. So you could right. carry around a bag of rats. You want 25 hit points? Kill a rat. Boom, 25 hit points. Yeah. You get to make a bonus. Uh, you you make, get to make a super mega attack if you kill something? Kill a rat. Make your super mega attack. Um, it's, it's, so it's kind, of, it's kind of like that where it's sort of abusable uh, with no limit on it. I also think it's yes, a little strange, although, considering how much short rest stuff they have removed. 
Yeah. Yeah. Oh. I, I, I don't, we're, we're not a, uh, a group that uses short rests, like, pretty much ever. Um... Yeah, if someone asks to take a short rest, then we can be like, oh, oh yeah, probably. Like, But it's like, okay, we'll take a short rest. Now what are we doing? Exactly. Or sure, it's, can it's never this be been considered like, yeah. a short rest? Yeah. The only time that a short rest becomes a thing is if you're somewhere where potentially there's dangerous people around or whatever, and I'm like, well, that people might walk upon you. But yeah. other than that, yeah, I don't care. In our current place in the story, that doesn't tend to be what we're doing. Um, I don't know. I think I think the idea is all right. This idea you're know, like splitting up into different paths to sort of uh, once again be able to kind of make your character a bit more unique. I like that. Mm-hmm. I think this is also this is also what I was saying about less front loading of classes. Mm-hmm. Previously, first level you gain your subclass, and depending on what subclass you gain, you get that martial weapon and heavy armor. For example, if you are like a war domain cleric, you yeah. get all of that at first level, and then you can just not be a war domain for the rest of the levels that you take. This, yeah. you have to spend an extra level in cleric to get these options. Not necessarily yeah. a bad thing, it's just a different thing. I personally am always, I think, going to be in favor of more customization within mm. reason. Like, there's no point having 60 options because then are you even playing the same class as someone else yeah. or, or whatever? But within reason, like these three different things. Oh, you're a wardo, you're a war cleric with heavy armor. That's cool. I'm a life cleric with heavy armor. What you know, whatever. Um, or if you really want to be that like Western style priest who is going around trying to convert, you know, everyone left, right, and center, and you want to be really good at persuasion and religion, you no longer have to multiclass into say bard to get expertise in that. Yeah. I, so, yeah, like I, I said, I, like I, I, I don't, I don't disagree with the idea. I think the execution possibly needs some, some thought to it. But yeah, you know, I think this is one of those things where it'll never be perfect for everybody, but it definitely opens up the idea for just homebrewing things in your own way a little bit. What do you think, Ron? But what about the Pinkertons? Sorry. <laughs> 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 That's where I'm and, at. Any, I'm any at. thoughts on on the feature? <laughs> nah, I mean, sure. I'm unbothered by it. Yeah. Um, third level, gain your subclass. The one in this is the life cleric, which we'll go over once we've done. We'll do class and then subclass uh, for each of these. Fourth level, gain a feat. ASIs are now feats, but the feat system is still ever the feat system for everything that isn't increase your ability scores is still optional. Mm. Um, fifth level, smite undead. This is a change. It used to be that your channel divinity of turn and dead would have like little uh, markers of the combat rating or CR of an undead that it would just instantly destroy if they failed the save. And so rather than being turned, if you were like level 12 fighting an army of skeletons, you would just destroy all the skeletons straight away. Yeah. That is not the case anymore. You no longer have to kind of go, oh, is this that CR? Is that this CR? I can do up to this. Um, it is you, when you use turn undead, you can re- you can roll a number of d8s equal to your proficiency bonus, add them together, like with Divine Spark, and each undead that fails the saving throw takes radiant damage equal to the roll's total. The thinking behind this being, if you're fighting a whole shitload of weak undead, is that they will still be destroyed anyway. Mm. Um 
I think it's interesting that there's no half damage on a save, considering mm. that it's still the same resource. This isn't a new. This isn't a new resource. You're still having to expend the same limited thing. Um, mm. But you know, so similar but different. Yeah. But you know, you can get it back after a short rest. Yeah, and it <laughs> um, is, and it is better against high level undead yeah. as well. I'm also thinking if this if you go with a five point five e. Uh, cleric, you're going to want to invest in D8s. <laughs> yes, you're going to yeah. need to buy a few. You're going to need D8s. Sixth level, subclass feature. Seventh level, Blessed Strikes. This is basically a folding in together of something the clerics already get, where some of them got a D8 radiant damage on an, a weapon attack, some of them got to add their uh, D8 to a cantrip. This is, you just get to choose. Um uh, still, the thing about it's once once a turn. Well, I should I should clarify that once you have done the damage, you cannot use that same extra damage until the start of your next turn. So you cannot benefit from it uh, if you then take a reaction opportunity attack, for example, mm. uh, which is fine. Whatever. Uh, eighth level, you get a feat. Uh, ninth level, holy order. You pick your second of those three features. Uh, 10th level subclass feature, 11th level. This is moved a level back. It used to be at 10th level. This is where roll a d100. If you get below your level, summon your god of choice to do an action, essentially, or yeah. the DM does something as your god. Uh, and they say any divine spell is probably what your DM wants to do. The only difference with this is that before it was, if you were successful, you had to wait a week before you could use it again. Now it is, yeah, now it is roll 2d6, the average of which is 7. Um, <laughs> so, which is fair, I guess it just varies it a bit more. Yeah. Uh, 12th level, get a feat. Uh, 14th level, subclass feature. 16th level, feat. 18th level, this is the former capstone that has been moved to 18th level. Whether or not this, by the way, that Capstone's being moved to 18th and getting a Divine Boon at 20th, whether or not that's staying, or if that's being scrapped as part of the standardization of progression, who the fuck knows? Yes, Rowan, I see you have a question. What happened to 17th level and 13th level? Where where did they no, go? Nothing changing. At those uh, you just maybe. don't get anything. Uh, those potentially are levels where your proficiency bonus in increases, so it feels like you're gaining something because you get better mm. at stuff, but you don't get new features. Cowards. Cowards. Um, more. So 18th level, greater divine intervention. Also divine inter intervention just works, and you can use it again after 2d4 days rather than a reduced time period that is fixed. Yeah. So move from 20th to 18th. It's fine. Not much of a change. Yeah. Um, and then just we'll very quickly go over the subclass because not very much about it is different, to be honest with you. Um, so it's the life domain, as I said. You get this at third level. Uh, some of the domain spells are different. Um, so before you've got spiritual weapon, you no longer get spiritual weapon as an automatically prepared spell that doesn't count against the number that you can have. Um... I mean, they're all fairly give life, heal stuff. Yeah, that makes sense. I think. That you probably would have had anyway. Uh, third level, Disciple of Life. This was like the big 
this was the reason you went for Life Cleric. This has not changed very much. Um, it essentially, it has, has one change in the, the, the extra healing that it does is on the turn you cast the spell. So this notably prevents a little bit of a cheesy strategy that people would use. I mean, I, I think it's a little bit cheesy. Some people would just say, that's how the game works and it's fine. It's whatever. But basically, you could like quadruple the power of a good berry if you multiclass the druid or you learned it through like magic initiate or something, where if you cast good berry, it would heal like five points instead of one. And you could just pass that out. And an extra five points to hand out is way better than just an extra one point. Hmm. Uh, you can't do that anymore because it would you would have to eat the good berry on the turn that you cast a spell. Which yeah. So yeah. So they've, they've basically just removed they've removed the kind of the abusability of it. Um preserve life as the sixth level one, which is basically uh Use your channel divinity to heal lots up to a creature's uh, half of their hit point maximum. That's the same. Blessed Healer at 10th level, where um, you regain hit points when you heal other people. That's basically the same. And Supreme Healing, where you don't roll anymore, you just do the full amount of healing. That's basically the same. So I'm not sure why they put this subclass in rather than one that might have some changes. Because uh, there's a shitload of clerics. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe they didn't have any other changes. So yeah, so that's yeah. that's the cleric. Any thoughts on that before we move on? Just because we have a lot of classes to go through. Not really. No, I, I think it's still in terms of things that actually feel like something's new is coming in your direction is so kind of front heavy i'm noticing as the levels go up it's like an improved version of this like an improved version of this an improved version of this um eh, it's not the end of the world it's just it doesn't feel like you get new things as you level up i don't know if that's a bad thing but the last like new thing is 11th level right when you get divine intervention and then the yeah. rest is all better versions or extra feats yeah, you're going to hate Druid if you don't already. Um, <laughs> uh, Rowan, any parting thoughts on the Cleric before we leave it behind? Absolutely nothing. Cool. I, I think it's relatively inoffensive. I would be fine seeing this in print with the, the change to proficiency bonus on the first level feature so that it's not crazy abusable like it currently is. Yeah. Uh, so, speaking of the Druid... Let's move to that. So this is UA twenty twenty three Druid and Paladin. Um, what have they done to my child? There is some <laughs> stuff to talk about with the Druid. You want page three? Uh, it has the same table as before. Um, I will say, it's still completely unrelated to absolutely anything. Those tables are always quite satisfying to look at. I like I like the little gradient that goes. They're well organized, aren't they? Yeah. I like a good table. Uh, I've got older, and I realize I love making Excel tables. I'm a fucking nerd, but I, I love it. <laughs> uh, so, Rowan, how much have you looked at the Druid? I haven't, but I don't like the words that okay. you've been saying about what they've done I'm, in the child. I'm going to let you choose uh, a little bit of an order. Uh, especially, well, Actually, I'm going to let you choose because you're currently ahead on D&D points. There we go. That's oh. nice. There's a use for the points. Damn. We can either look at 
what wild shape lets you do first, or we can go through the class first. Which one's going to make me more sad? <laughs> I honestly couldn't tell you. Uh, they oh, both will no. make you sad in the same ways. It'll just be in a different order. Okay, let's see what they've done to wild shape. Okay, so in that case, you do not want page three. <laughs> uh, you want page seven. <laughs> wild shape is no longer based on uh, oh, yeah. beast CR. It is based on template. This is not, I think, a uh, a surprising change for a lot of people. Wild Shape is something that Wizards have been like, we're changing Wild Shape. Mm -hmm. <laughs> this is something that will be changed from how it currently is. So, uh, people might be familiar with the changes that were made to uh, the Beastmaster Ranger, in that you could have a like companion of Earth, companion of Sky, companion mm. of Water. This is a similar thing. So... You will see there first is Animal of the Land. Small, medium, or large terrestrial animal. Your creature type doesn't change. So you are still kind of a humanoid. It's just that you're transformed. Uh, but this means that if you want to be an owl bear, like in the movie or previous editions, you can be an owl bear because I think most people would consider it an animal. It does not say beast, as in you have to pick a beast, just yeah. something that is an animal. Mm. Uh, armor class 10 plus your wisdom modifier. Hit points. You continue to use your hit points and hit dice. Oh. That's a big change. Yeah, Previously, a, it would be that's you take over the stat block or something and change. you retain your mental scores. And you could assen you essentially had a big pool of, or well, whatever the creature had, but you had their pool of HP as like a buffer between your own HP. This is a massive change. Oh, yeah. um, oh, speed, God. 40 feet. Climb, 40 feet requires fifth plus level there's your hint as to what the class is going to be about uh strength and dex equal to your wisdom scores con intelligence wisdom charisma use your scores dark vision okay i mean getting dark vision on a wild shape is good because yeah. not all things that you could transform into now get it that's a nice thing languages the languages you know there's another little hint proficiency bonus equals your proficiency bonus you get keen senses which is an advantage on Perception checks. Actions. Bestial strike. Melee attack. Your spell attack modifier to hit, so it's wisdom based. Um, five foot, one target. A d8 plus your wisdom modifier. And you choose if it's bludgeoning, piercing, or slashing damage. Uh, note that that does not say an arm strike. That will be important later. And multi-attack requires fifth plus level. You make two bestial strikes. It's so... Boring. <laughs> it's so animal boring. of the sea. <laughs> I, can we is... not read through all of them? I mean, <laughs> well, I, I think it is worth doing it, but we'll do it a little, a little quicker. Uh, so because they all, they're much of a muchness. But animal of the sea. Uh, choose a aquatic or semi-aquatic animal. Uh, similar thing. Arm class is ten plus your wisdom modifier. Uses your own hit points and hit die. You get a 20-foot movement speed on land and a 40-foot swim speed. Just your dex this time equals your wisdom score. Strength, con, intelligence, and wisdom, and charisma use your own scores. So that changes depending on which form you're taking. Of course. Dark, dark vision to 90-foot. Languages the languages you know. You can breathe air and water. Same thing with bestial strikes, except it's 86 instead of 88. Animal of the sky. Again, small, medium, or large. And again, it's worth pointing out that you can do small, medium, or large, so you get to choose. Hmm. You could be a 
teeny tiny, uh, like something that oh, is normally large, or you could be a large butterfly, or Rowan, in your case, you could be a large moth, I guess. Yay. If you wanted. Uh, animal I of the Sky. Slitherwing. You could. Uh, <laughs> armor class, 8 plus your wisdom modifier. Uh, same thing as before, 20 foot movement speed, 40 foot fly speed. Just your dex equals your wisdom score. Everything else uses your score. Uh, dark vision to 120 feet, languages that you know. You gain flyby, which is where you don't provoke opportunity attacks when you move out, of, fly out of an enemy's reach, it specifies. Keen senses again, and your best your strike is a d4. Those are your three templates. Boring. How are we feeling? Boring. Boring. Not great. As you scroll back, Boring. Scroll back to page four. <laughs> I... It, is, it is just, I just, I cannot say how fucking boring <sighs> it is. I understand wanting to change it up a little bit, but I don't know. I mean, they could have at least had like some more templates. I know you don't want too many things, but just animal of the land is so, I mean, how many different animals exist in D and D? That are of the land, you know, I, to lump them all in together because it is so. Now I can be a large owl bear that does one d eight, or it could just be like a lizard that also does one d eight. Like mm -hmm. I get that they're trying to template it, but yeah, uh huh? And it can climb at forty feet. Oh, I'm going to be a snail that climbs forty uh feet. At fifth level, when higher. Oh, well, obviously. You've got to yes. wait until then. Yeah. So, so it could, in fact, be um, an orangutan, but I can't climb yet. <laughs> yeah. That, that's stupid. That wouldn't be. Yeah. Like, wh where, where is the advantage? I think my biggest question where is the advantage? What does this bring other than making it so fucking boring? <laughs> there is also something that is not. You don't have a feature that current Wild Shape has. It could be a mistake that it's not there. It could be that it is removed on purpose. Uh, current wild shape, because you retain your mental stats with whatever template you then use, you also retain your skill proficiencies and, importantly, your saving throw proficiencies. Mm. That doesn't appear to be present. No. Um, it... Making you overall potentially a little bit weaker, especially because you're using your own, your own HP. Exactly. Um. <laughs> like, like, this, all this is effectively doing... So if you become an animal of the land, your armor would potentially say stay similar, maybe get worse. Your hit points are the same. Your speed goes up a little bit, and you might get some climbing. Your stats mostly stay the same. It does increase your strength and dex. And then you get some extra things, some dark vision, keen senses... And then worse attacks. Effectively, you could just make the use wisdom as your strength and dex, just like a feat, and the get dark vision or keen senses, another little just perk that you could turn on, you know, once per long rest or something. There's nothing added here. Like, turning into an animal is meant to be, I'm turning into that animal. I get all the advantages and disadvantages of being that animal. This is, yeah. I get some extra stuff. And, I'm, and I will purposefully choose. As you said, I will choose whether or not I turn into a bear because it can do this stuff exactly. instead of a lizard because a lizard can do this stuff yeah. and I don't need that stuff right now. Exactly. This whole I'll turn into a fly because I can, you know, go in and be sneaky and listen to a conversation or I'll turn into an. Oh, we're going to get to that. Like, <laughs> I, it just. I don't know. Don't worry. We'll get, just... we'll get to tiny creatures because, as I said, you can turn into a small 
Me the animal large creature. Somebody read this and was like, this was a good change. How? Yeah. Um, So, what you get when you start um, is mostly the same, except for you no longer have armor training, because that's what they're calling it, with medium armor. It is light armor and shields. But they have also removed the weird stipulation that there was there before of druids won't wear metal in their armor. Yeah, which for some reason is a is a very strange. Otherwise, you know, they explode or something. Uh, so that's that's gone because uh, most me- medium armor is made of metal uh, in terms of the equipment they provide you. Nothing to say that a DM couldn't have been like, oh yeah, your armor is made of like a like a treated wood. Or something. It's also a massive RPG element that that. Flavor that makes zero like saying all yeah. of them don't want to wear metal. Well, yeah, um, all the other starting stuff is relatively uh, the same. Um, first level, then, new thing you gain channel nature. This you can think of as being channel divinity yeah. because it's essentially the same resource with a different name. Uh, it this is what fuels your wild shape. And, uh, and other things. So, uh, you regain an expended use. Uh, you, you can use it twice, as you currently can with Wild Shape. And you regain a use, singular, when you finish a short rest. And all expended uses when you gain when you finish a long rest. Uh, and you can do it more as you level up in Druid. This is the same thing that they will be using for Channel Divinity moving forwards. Uh, so, Wild Shape, as a magic action, you transform into a form you've learned f- for this feature. You start knowing one form, Animal of the Land, which is detailed in the Wild Shape section. We've already had a cry at that. Uh, you stay in that form for a number of hours equal to half your druid level, that's the same, or until you use Wild Shape again. Have the incapacitated condition or die. You can also end it early with a bonus action. While in a form, it's... You end it early as a bonus action, so you could not use a bonus action by... Well, I, I, no, actually, no. Sorry, I was thinking of um, the old health rules because I was going to say you just jump off yeah. a cliff <laughs> and then end it instead yeah. of using a bonus action. But no, you can't do that. Um, while in a form, its its game statistics replace yours, so you are you have just the template, and your ability to handle objects is determined by the form's limbs rather than your own. So it does sort of kind of matter, I guess, if you choose an orangutan, as you say, instead of, like, a porcupine. Well, then why no, would no, no, because no. if you're a porcupine, yeah, you can't hold anything. They're not allowed to do that. They, they can't make us choose a <laughs> one generic later. one and then say, yeah. oh, but this part matters, depending on the thing that you say. I'm just going to always yeah. be an octopus. It's got eight limbs. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Does it make you retain your personality... This, today, I'm memories. a rand octopus. <laughs> yeah. Uh, you retain your personalities, memories, ability to speak, that's new, uh, mm. and wild shape. So once you have wild shape, you retain the ability to use wild shape, which is important. Otherwise, you would no longer be able to become just a person again. Mm. Well, no, because um, you can end it early as a bonus action. You don't have to use wild shape to end wild shape. But that is that is part of the wild shape feature. So if you lost access oh, entirely true. to all of your <laughs> features, or just to the wild shape feature... You would transform into an animal once and then be stuck as that animal. So uh, <laughs> defining then. Do you have to use your channel nature to as a bonus action end your wild shape? Because it says you can no, end it. No, it is considered action. it is considered part of that wild shape. There is questions no, about okay. doing that that we'll get to later though. <laughs> don't, don't you worry. All these questions you have it, there is a reason that you're having them. 
Um, so you lose access uh, to the ability to cast spells in Wild Shape, but you oh. can continue to concentrate on one. That's the same. And when you transform, you choose if your equipment falls to the ground or uh, becomes a part of you. That's the same. Uh, so first level Druidic, you learn Druidic and you can spot it with a investigation check. Um, or other, or other, or rather, sorry, you spot it automatically, but people who don't know Druidic can spot it with an investigation check, but can't decipher it without magic. So I guess you just you just can't learn Druidic if you're not a Druid anymore. So just thieves can't buffer Druids. Yeah. So I've got channel affinity um, for Druids, and I've got thieves can't buffer, yeah. buffer Druids. <laughs> um, spellcasting is as we've already discussed with spellcasting. Uh, second level. This is where you would have gotten your subclass, but you don't anymore. You get something new. Nature's Aid. This is two more ways to use your singular resource. Um, as in, you have one resource you can use multiple times, not that you can use it once. Uh, one of them is just the optional feature from Tasha's for um, Druids folded in, which is you can use it to cast Find Familiar. Find Familiar has had changes, but we'll cover that if we have time. Um, it's not super significant, I don't think. Um, and it lasts, you don't need con material components and it lasts until you take a long rest, whereas before it would just last an hour. Uh, it's not clear whether or not you still need to cast it with a spell slot. Um, so clarification on that would be good, Jeremy. Uh, and the other thing is healing blossoms. Basically, you can do more healing. Choose a point within 30 feet and in a 10 foot radius sphere centered on that point. Uh, roll a number of d4s equal to your wisdom modifier, not your proficiency bonus. Interestingly, I was going to say, uh, and then add the dice together. It is, and that you can distribute those amongst people. It's almost telling that they know that that's a bad stat to use as your wisdom modifier. When in brackets, they then have to put minimum of one die. Well, I think it's for people who are doing weird multi-classes, like yeah, but like, or, or things like that. Just said it or weird stats. Like if you because have to put this, in that minimum. Well, this version of the Druid, even more so than the current one, is incredibly reliant on the Wisdom. You basically only need Wisdom with Druid like this. And, well, Wisdom and I suppose Con, because you're using your own health for everything. But <laughs> your Wild Shape attacks are based on Wisdom, which they never were before. Um, and, I mean, that's most of what you're going to be doing in these Wild Shapes. So... Um, so that is the second level. Third level, get your subclass. Um, fifth level, through to 17th level. <laughs> I have the same note for all of them. Fifth level, wild shape improvement. Seventh level, wild shape improvement. Ninth level, wild shape improvement, etc. It's all wild shape. It's wild shape all the way down. So fifth level is your connection to the land deepens. You can use that climb speed and multi attack as an animal of the land. Seventh level, oh. get the aquatic form. I didn't even ninth level, that you get the aerial form. Do the aquatic and the aerial ones till seventh and ninth. That's a long time oh, yes. to wait to be able to use animal of the sea. That's seven levels from the base. Eleventh level, tiny critter. You gain the ability to become a tiny creature when you transform into a wild shaped form. You can make it tiny. Well, if you do so, minutes. you can stay in that form for no longer than 10 minutes, and the damage you deal in that form is halved. Why? So your wild shape form, which at that point can last five hours, 
only lasts minutes. 10 minutes and you get to be a fly instead this, of something cool. This feels like <laughs> when this was made, someone was really pissed off that people keep turning into flies and sneaking into places. Uh, yeah. That's that seems, just it seems RPG to be the... stuff. Stop trying to control the RPG nature of someone's campaign. Yeah. Just fuck Rowan, you look like you're having a crisis. I am. Um, burn this entire document. I want nothing to do with it. What is... What is any of that? Jeremy Crawford, uh, question about... I'm coming for you, dude. <laughs> uh, your question about um, turning, like, getting in and out of wild shape, Alex. Uh, 13th level, alternating forms. You can now rapidly shift between a wild shape form and your normal form. Uh-huh. If you're in, because this is a wild shape improvement, of course. Uh, if you're in wild shape form, you can switch to your normal form as a bonus action, and then you can switch back into that wild shape form within the next minute as a bonus action. Neither switch expends a use of wild shape. So if you just want to be a person again for a minute, you can do that, but only a minute. Uh, it also it doesn't say if the timer resets or if it's... I think the yeah. as, the assumption is that it continues from where it left off. Yeah. But it doesn't say that that's what it does. It says that you transform it's into an animal again. So Really interesting point of... It says now you, you can switch back to your form as a bonus action, and it defines neither switch expends the use of wild shape. Which to me implies that previously the bonus action switch would have used and ex- expended a use of wild shape. Which I'm presuming it's not meant to, but it's the whole thing is very undefined. Yeah. This feature needs way more clarification, as well as just not being very good. Well, this feature uh, needs to be removed, like, as the entire if it was, of this update does. If it was like now, and you didn't have at this uh, 13th level a way of doing like telepathy or something, it might be useful to quickly turn into a person so you can speak. But you yeah. can speak in all of these forms now. Yeah, the um, only benefit 15... would be doing it so you can cast a spell. Yeah, fifteenth really? level. Uh, when you use wild shape, primal magic radiates from you. You can use a, a healing blossoms at the same time as you wild shape. Who cares? Seventeenth uh, uh, level. At the you same can cast time, spells in wild to shape do that at the same time. They're two different things. <laughs> uh, yeah, so you can cast spells in wild shape. Um, you don't. Uh, need to worry about somatic or verbal components or material components as long as they are not uh, as long as they don't have a, a, uh, a cost yeah. or are consumed. Because it says you don't need to provide free material components. If a spell consumes its material component, you can't cast that spell in wild shape form. There are spells that require a material component with a cost that are not consumed. Yeah. Uh, can you do those? Uh, they're just kind of left out of this one. Um, no one looks. No one uses components. There's like one percent of yeah. D&D players that actually use components anyway. Eighteenth uh, level. This is relatively similar. Regain a use of uh, channel nature when you roll initiative. That's basically the same as it is now of like game wild shape. And this is the thing of like you age ten times more slowly. Uh, who cares? Right. Uh, <laughs> I'm going to make you even more sad like... for where their character ages uh, for years yeah. and years. <laughs> So uh, most of the time with these subclasses that they include, just the one at the moment for each one, it is like the core subclass, like the the basic subclass. For Barbarian, it is the Berserker. For uh, for Fighter, it is the Champion. The core subclass for the Druid is Druid of the Land. That's not what they've gone with here. This is Circle of the Moon. Prepare to be very sad. Third level, you get it. Um, Combat Wild Shape. Starts off really good. While you're in Wild Shape, you can cast any spell you currently have prepared from the Abjuration School, provided it doesn't have a material component. So if you've learnt Shield somehow, 
you can cast shield as your owlbear or whatever. Of course. That's not bad, right? Uh, quick attack. You can use an unarmed strike as a bonus action. Five D&D points to whoever can tell me what I told you would be important later. Yeah, exactly. Unarmed strikes being different to bestial strikes, even though they are the same thing. Five D&D points to Alex. Yes. This is not make a, a bonus attack of your strike that you do that specifically in your form. This is just an unarmed strike. Unarmed strikes, remember, though, have different functionality. You can use them to shove, grapple, or or do, like, some damage. Mm. Uh, it's not much. Uh, and Swift Transformation, you can do it as a bonus action, but no more than once a turn. Which it is kind of as it was before. Um, say goodbye to any other similarities to the present Moon Druid, though. A sixth level. Uh, choose an elemental damage type, so the classic of uh, Acid, Cold, Fire, uh, Lightning, or Thunder. Uh, not Poison, though, notably. Uh, it seems to be thunder instead of poison. No. Well, they uh, could decide whether form... to put poison with a capital P here or not, so... Uh... Oh, yeah. While in that form, you have resistance to the chosen damage type, and the form's bestial strike can deal damage of that type rather than its normal type, and you choose the type when you hit. So it's not do a d6 extra of thunder damage, it's do One thunder damage other. instead of slashing. Uh, your form also displays signs of the chosen damage type. For example, if you chose fire... You might be on fire. Uh, <laughs> you know, classic, classic stuff. Uh, it says you choose the details. <laughs> well, it's nice that they're now letting us choose the details <laughs> as opposed to up until yeah. now. Tenth uh, level, now do extra damage of that type of a d6. Oh, nice. And then when you get to seventeenth level and you're a super powerful character, it increases by a d6. So you're doing a two, six, two d6 extra fire damage. Yeah. This, however, does apply to all bestial strikes. So. I guess it's 4d6 because you're attacking twice. I mean, at that level, who's going to choose to do... Was it 1d8 plus 2d6 as their standard damage hit at, like, 17th yeah. level? Is It's not great. Uh, and then 14th level, 1,000 forms. This is basically the same. Learn Alter Self, and you can use it a lot. <laughs> Alter Self being the worst disguised self, unless you wanted to be able to, say, breathe underwater. Yeah. Now, I what might druids have that will let them breathe underwater <laughs> by fourteenth level? <laughs> so, so I don't know the current circle of the moon. I don't. I haven't really ever dove, dived, dived into whatever into druids. Does circle of the moon focus on elemental stuff currently? No, okay. it doesn't. Because I was going to say, it just being like you can channel the power of the moon to connect to the elemental planes is like. Huh? Is it not oh. the one that allows you to transform into the elementals? Yeah, so, so well, it, but that's the only thing. Like, it doesn't yeah. have like, a focus it's on like a heavy focus on being able to use the stuff. Which... The Circle of the Moon, as it currently stands, its whole like shtick is you can fight in wild shape. Mm. And, and that's it. You get access to higher combat rating forms earlier. Um, you, you're, and this is notably missing from this. You get like your attacks as a bear or whatever you are are considered magical at a certain level. This is why we really need to see the monster manual playtest because it seems like your attacks are considered magical. He's gone. Yeah. Uh, does that mean that magic resistance or resistance rather to non-magic damage is gone? Yeah. Who knows? You can do uh, and damage of various elemental types, and you can choose between them. 
when you want. Does that mean that weaknesses are coming in much more than they are? Because at the moment, there are like 20 monsters that have a weakness out of like hundreds. Um, who knows? Because they haven't told us anything about it. No. Uh, is there mm. enough time spent on the druid? Very Would you like to move on? <laughs> Bottom line, <laughs> got all. Absolutely. Oh, it just yeah. is. So, no, I, my final point on this before we move on. I now understand what they mean by backwards compatibility. What they mean is, for some of these, they'll be so god-awful that you never want to use it, so you'll just use the old stuff instead. That's what they mean yeah. by backwards compatibility. <laughs> the health thing's weird. The health thing's... Anyway, Paladin. Let's... let's be I want to fight Jeremy Crawford over the Druid. I can't <laughs> believe they published this shit. I can't believe yeah. I can't believe anybody looked at that and went, this is a good thing that we should publish. It almost feels like yeah. they just wanted to put something in there that people would hate so people would focus on it. <laughs> uh, so page nine for this. Uh, so just go down from, if you're looking at the... Uh, the moon. Actually, Alex, they only do that in American politics. <laughs> oh, they do that in British <laughs> politics too. <laughs> uh, so this is the half-caster table that we've seen for the ranger. Just similar kind of thing. Um, starting as a paladin, you get the same stuff in terms of armor, hit points, proficiencies, all that shit. Uh, there is a difference in terms of multiclassing. Uh, multiclassing, when you're a half-caster now, you round up instead of down when determining how many spell slots you get. Who cares? D&D Beyond does that for you. Uh, or if you're doing it pen and paper, then you're just, I imagine you're looking that up uh, online rather than working out the maths behind it. Yes. Um, Paladin, first level. Lay on hands. I recognize that. Is pretty similar. Uh, there is a difference in that it no longer cures diseases, because diseases have never mattered in uh, 5e. Instead, yeah. re now removes the poisoned condition. That's poisoned with a capital P. With a capital P. That they're doing. Oh! Um, <laughs> for the podcast, listen. Uh, and that, again, costs uh, five, or rather, you expend five hit points from the pool of healing. So that's a little bit of clarification from before, whereas if you heal five, do you get rid of the disease? Maybe. Or does it cost five out of the pool? This is, it costs five from your pool. I also just want to say, they have the capital P thing going on, but then they also specifically clarify the condition afterwards. Yes. This is why they should 100%. just call the poison condition the poison condition. Yeah. Uh, because it's stupid. <laughs> yeah. Uh, you also get um, spellcasting, just like you do normally. This is all. That's all uh, the same. Second level, divine smite. This is very different um, and has already been changed uh, <laughs> a little bit. So when you strike a target, you can channel divine energy to smite it immediately after you hit a target. That's important with an attack roll using a weapon or an unarmed strike, you can expend one spell slot to deal radiant damage to the target. The damage is 2d8 for a first level spell slot plus 1d8 for each slot level higher than first. You can use Divine Smite no more than once during a turn and you can't use it on the same turn that you cast a spell. 5d&d points if you can tell me why it might be important that it is after a weapon. Or an arm strike. Because it means you don't have to clarify whether you're using the resource before you hit or not. But isn't it already uh, like that? That is, it's already like that, so that's not the answer that I'm looking for. 
I'll give you a hint in that it's related to a similar change with the rogue. Oof. Are these five D&D points going amiss? Are they going to me? I think, I think they're going, going to go amiss. Okay, five D&D points to me, because that's, uh, that's just how <laughs> it's working now. Um, the way this is worded, uh, and you, I think it definitely leans this way, you could interpret it as it works now, but I don't think that's the intention. This would not benefit from an at 20. It is after the attack. It is not as part of the attack. Right. Uh, <laughs> for those uh, unaware, something similar was done with Rogue Sneak Attack, where basically if you get an at 20 and you can do more damage, it only applies to your weapon, which is probably a D8. Uh, <laughs> I mean, at this point, just remove critical hits. Like, they're <laughs> fucking boring and inconsequential. We, and of course this is not unique to us, we already do a different, well, you know, when I'm playing it, we do a different crit roll, because if you crit, it should feel like you're doing damage. It should. I don't like the whole just double the number of dice, because you can still do two damage. You should never be able to do less than you could on a normal hit with the critical exactly. hit. Which is why I like max plus uh, another dice. It's, it just feels great. It really adds that kind of... And to be fair, we do it for spells as well, which technically not for both do, but it feels amazing when it hits. No, you're supposed to with the current rules. You're supposed to. That was a, a change that they were looking at on the first playtest of mm. not supposed to do it for, for spells. That's what I mean. Um, there's also something missing from this. I'll, I'll venture another five D and D points to someone who can tell me what is specifically missing, rather than it just being a weird wording thing. It's to do with the damage. There's your clue. Oh, it's. Oh no, it is. It is radiant damage. Is this a difference from the, the current device, Mike? That's true. That's okay. why I... Because uh, this would rely on uh, yeah, like, actually looking about paladins. Okay, 5D points to, to me. I'm catching <laughs> you guys up. Um, at the moment, if you smite a fiend or an undead, you get an extra D8 for, for free. Oh, do you? That's, that's oh, not yeah. Yeah. So the, things, so the things that you're gaining with this is that you can do it with a ranged weapon... Word to the wise, they've, they've said that's being taken out. Um, and and arm strikes. Uh, so it's just so worse. Yeah, so previously, you could not, rules as written, smite if you punched someone. Even though it was considered a weapon attack, because it wasn't using a weapon. You had to specifically be using a weapon. It was very strange and unpopular. So they've said, people want to be able to punch and smite, you can punch and smite. But you can't punch smite and cast a spell, and you can't punch smite twice in a turn. Uh, you can't crit smite. <laughs> uh, yeah, in that smite deals only the two d eight damage. Um, fuck you. Uh, so Are yeah, they so trying to slow smite. down combat? Who knows? Probably. I I think this potentially is another thing of like maybe radiant is gonna like do double damage to some creatures or something. And so yeah, they don't want you to be like... able to like do double double damage, but it's. But I feel like they have weird. to add that in, otherwise people are going to give back the feedback of. Oh, well, exactly. Like, if they add just yeah. a little style, it's like changes to radiant damage as an undead will be coming. You'd be like, oh, okay. Yeah. Fine. Uh, third level. This is now when you gain channel divinity. Um, you start with one thing to spend it on, which is divine sense. Previously, you got that kind of much earlier. 
Um, but there is a change to Divine Sense other than it now costs a Channel Divinity usage. Um, you also regain one use of Channel Divinity on a short rest. So that's the same for all Channel Divinity. Uh, it's that it no longer is prevented from working by total cover. So previously, mm. if you were on the other side of a wall to a demon, you wouldn't have been able to sense it. Now, if you're in a building and there's a demon within 60 feet of you in a sphere, you sense that bitch. What's it? Oh, is it a different one I'm thinking of that gets blocked by like w water, running water? Locate. That is locate creature. Locate creature. Yeah. Okay. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, there are some things that are like detection that are blocked by various widths yeah. of different materials. Yeah. Uh, but this Which one no is never now paid just, attention to. <laughs> yeah, this one is now just if they're within sixty feet of you, you know it. Wasn't it just like a one-time like pulse thing that you do before as well? No, I think it was equal to your charisma mod. Oh, okay. And now it's fueled by channel divinity. So whatever. Um, at least so you, that's stronger and not so useless it's it's stronger but it has a higher resource cost because previously oh, yeah. it was just its own thing excuse me um paladin subclass at third level this one is oath of devotion uh and we'll cover that when we finish the class um fifth level extra attack as you would expect also at fifth level this is this and this is new yeah. uh faithful steed so you do not have to wait ages and ages and ages and ages for fine steed, even though kind of, I think it's only second level anyway. Uh, you can easily call on the aid of an otherworldly steed. You always have it uh, as you always have the spells fine steed prepared. It doesn't count towards the number of spells that you can prepare. When you cast it, it only takes an action rather than ten minutes, and you can also cast it once without expending the spell slot. And you can do that every long rest. So Who's you always get horse. Want horse? Who get horse. Who was playing paladins thinking, God, I really wish I could find a steed more often? Well, the only the only people who got find steed was paladins and bards who took it as a magical secret, which I don't think was particularly uh, rare because it's it is it's nice to be able to summon a horse or something. Yeah. But I just feel like it's it's not you're not getting really much with it because there's. And mm -hmm. again, this might change when we see a playtest for spells because Fine Steed, I think it's had some changes, uh, which we can cover at the end if we've got time. But the way Fine Steed works at the moment is if you cast a, cell, a spell that is like a self spell, it also works on the horse or whatever it is. That's how some people were able to cheese some of the smite spells, and your horse would be able to divine, would be able to like searing smite with its hooves or something. Um, but it just, yeah, it just seems a bit... Whatever. I think it's very, very silly and lazy to have a spell as a class ability. Oh, 100%, yeah. We'll, yeah. we'll get to that with uh, <laughs> with the mages. Don't, don't you worry. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, seventh level, aura protection. This was previously at sixth level. Um, they've also clarified that it doesn't stack if you have more than one paladin, which I don't think anyone really thought that it did. They've just clarified that it doesn't in case anyone wanted to be cheeky. Uh, ninth level. This I think is... it would be fair to make them stack. Why not? <laughs> uh, this is uh, new. It's a new thing that's fueled by Channel Divinity. Um, and it again involves the, the dazed and frightened conditions where basically, kind of like Turn and Dead, you choose... Um, 
a number of creatures equal to your charisma mod uh, within 60 feet that you can see. Make a wisdom saving throw. On a failed save, they are dazed and frightened for a minute or until they take damage. And on a successful save, they are just dazed for a minute or until they take damage. So I guess crowd control effects. Yeah. Sure. Uh, 10th level surplus feature. Uh, 11th level radiant strikes. This is... Uh, at the moment, they get something called improved divine strike, which is basically... Sorry, improved divine smite, which is basically do a d8 whenever you hit something with an attack. Mm. Uh, this one is uh, when you hit a target with an attack roll using a simple martial weapon that includes ranged weapons. Not anymore. Uh, the target takes an extra 1d8 radiant damage. Uh, 5 D points. Who can tell me what's missing from that? Being on a crit. That was what I was going to nope. point out. What I was going to point out, it's it's. So that would be that that would be affected by. A it crit would be exactly that's what I was going to say. It would be on a crit, but the yeah. other one isn't. Um... So what what's missing from this? Well, is it is it extra on undead again? Nope. I don't know. I've never cared about paladins. We we've already covered it, it oh. within this version of the paladin. Oh, so this unarmed, is, unarmed strikes. What the uh, hell? Oh, points to Rowan. This what doesn't count for unarmed strikes. <laughs> you you again. You have to be using a weapon. <laughs> Why? <laughs> Why is, is is radiant damage? Do you need a conductor for it? Do you have, is it like electricity, and you have to have a metal sword or spear or something? <laughs> uh, so maybe maybe that's just a, a mistake that that's not in there. Um, maybe it's not. Um, <laughs> Wait, you're saying that uh, in some of these cases they might not have thought it all through? <laughs> Treasonous, I'm sure. Uh, 13th uh, level, Aura of Courage. This has been moved backwards by three levels. You used to get this at level 10. It's an aura where within 10 feet of you... Um, oh, no, sorry. This is it's now as part of your aura of protection. Uh, basically if you and your allies within that range are immune to being frightened and they've clarified that now if an, if an ally who is frightened enters it, it is suppressed while they are within that range. So they are no longer frightened, but if they leave that area, they become frightened again. Uh, 15th level, restoring touch. Um, this is a improvement for lay on hands, more conditions that you can remove mm. five points for each. Uh, paralyzed is on there as is stunned, which could be good. Uh, yeah, They don't come up very again, often, but they can be very bad. Until you can do that. Oh, yes. Uh, 17th level, uh, your aura of protection is now 30 feet, and so is your aura of courage. Uh, 18th level, when you roll initiative, regain, <laughs> regain a channel divinity. Uh, 20th level, you know, Boons. Epic boon, etc. I should say as well, they changed with uh, the later classes that to, to this. So choose an ability score uh, at twentieth level. It increases by two, and can, and this can raise it above twenty, but not above thirty. Mm. Whereas normally, before twentieth level, it is a score cannot go above twenty. The subclass. Uh, they still have all the thing about like you make an oath and these are the tenets mm -hmm. of the oath. Um, you still get oath of devotion spells. You get, and this will come up a couple of times with some of these. You can cast one of the spells from this feature, so one of the ones you're given, once a long rest. 
Now it is not you can cast each of them once. It is you can cast one of them mm. once out of what is it like ten spells? One, mm -hmm. two, three, four, five, six, yeah. seven, eight, nine, ten. Yeah. Uh, some some of these are different as well. Some, there's a lot of the smite spells have had changes made to them. Uh, it's a slightly different list than before, but it's not you know crazy. I mean, uh, <laughs> it's, 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 it's similar to the the cleric thing of like casting without using a spell slot. Yeah. Again, it's um, just similar, like putting them all into the same bulk. Third level sacred weapon. Uh, this is a use. So each subclass gets a their own kind of unique use of channel divinity. Um, this one is mostly the same, just with a couple of changes. It's now a bonus action rather than an action to use, which is fine. Uh, and you can swap damage types to Radiant if you want. It's not extra right. Radiant. Uh, sorry, it, it is it is the regular thing of you can add your Charisma modifier to attacks and you can make it Radiant rather than it being like, instead of an extra five Radiant damage, it's all Radiant damage is what I mean. Mm. Uh, no, again, it's switching a damage type rather than doing extra damage of a damage type. So we'll, we'll see what comes of that. Uh, sick level is uh, an improvement to your smite. So when you I'm use it, also the sacred weapon you, hit points. The sacred weapon, the weapon also emits a bright light. It's not the weapon can also admit. I just love the idea of well, you're not allowed to be sneaky if you want to. Yeah. <laughs> if you want to do that, not that paladins are particularly sneaky, but you're going to turn into a torch. Uh, the 10th level feature. This has been moved back three levels again. It was previously a seventh. Uh, it's, this one is uh, immunity to charmed or suppression of charmed and then at 14th level is holy nimbus so previously the like the paladin subclass capstones were like crazy because you needed something crazy if you're taking all 20 levels in paladin um, this one is now uh, when an enemy starts its turn in the aura they take radiant damage equal to your proficiency bonus plus your charisma modifier so that is most likely if you have maxed out your charisma, 11 damage, uh, and that area is filled with bright light, which is sunlight. And it's once a long rest, unless you use a fourth level spell to do it again. Or fourth level slot. And that's Paladin. I've never wanted to play a Paladin less. <laughs> yeah, I feel like a Paladin wasn't an exciting class, and they've somehow managed to make it less exciting. Yeah. Um, listen, people probably play Paladins and love it. I'm never going to knock that. If you, if that's your, place. I've been interested in it, but now this is just makes me thoroughly well, uninterested. Okay, so before Simon um, left, he was playing a Paladin, and we made sure to like make it a, a much more interesting Paladin. It uses all the the standard Paladin stuff, but skinned in a way that makes it you know, more interesting. Um, so I like I'm more than aware that you can do that, but yeah, this is. And again, my comment, as is on all of them, and it will be going forwards, because I think I've, you know, when, I, when I've got some notes on them, a lot of it is more just like increasing the use. Of, there's not like additive stuff. It's all just, well, no, it's all additive. It's all, this is increasing this ability. This is increasing this ability. There's less and less more stuff. This is a new thing compare. you can do. Exactly. But like 16th, 17th, 18th, 19th, 20th level just seems really boring as a paladin. You get ability score or, or feats. Uh, aura protection gets bigger. 
get a, a regain one use uh, of Chival channel divinity, ability score improvement, and then epic boon. So it's just like the end bit is just like, well, I got to fifteenth, and then I can make people not blinded. Yeah. <laughs> now we, we should <laughs> we should point out. And again, we need to see more of things like the feats that are higher that have a prerequisite of a higher level. It could mm -hmm. be that they're putting in something that is like that. But again, we can't we can't be like, oh no, this is interesting because you're getting more feats and stuff because the feats have loads of abilities. Because a, unless it is, they're not restricting feats to single classes. They're doing it based mm -hmm. on groups. So like, it would have to be a priest feat, or it'd be like warriors and paladin or whatever. But we we can't we can't give them the benefit of that doubt because we haven't seen it and they haven't said anything about it. Like Yep. Yep. Yeah. So poor again, poor design decisions, poor communication. Disappointing. <laughs> the barbarian. Disappointed. <laughs> Wait, so, so so obviously we're moving into the player's handbook. Playtest five. This is Playtest five, page fifteen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because obviously, I went through it uh, in, in order. The first thing that's brought up on there is the uh, the mastery stuff before it goes on. I don't know if you want to. I presume you wanted to round back to those things. Yes, we'll we'll go back to it. I've got page numbers for stuff to go to. Um, I hate what they've done to the read. Well, no, go go ahead. Yeah. <laughs> so, barbarian again. This, uh, you know, it's a table. It looks relatively similar, except you'll see Weapon Mastery is on there. Uh, if we've not talked about it enough already, Weapon Mastery is a new thing where basically certain types of weapons have abilities, I guess. And if you are a certain kind of class, you can use them. Uh, it's limited, which I don't think people were expecting. It's not that you are a master of using weapons. It is you can be a master of some weapons. Yep. So you start off with two Weapon Masteries. Oh, you, your DM hasn't put in a shop with those two weapons, or you haven't started with them? Sorry. Uh -oh. uh, wasted feature. Um, <laughs> so, the stuff that you start with is is the same. Um, saving throws, etc, etc. Uh, let's talk about the big one. Rage. This is the, the, the barbarian feature. This is why people play barbarians. Um, and it is their signature feature. It's been changed. So, again, you still can't really be using it while in heavy armor. That's the same. Uh, you get your resistance to slashing, piercing, bludgeoning damage, etc. Um, it still applies to attacks made with strength uh, as a stat. Advantage on strength checks and saving throws. You can't maintain concentration. You can't cast spells. It, now, it used to be um, that it would last for a minute, uh, but that would kind of like refresh if you mm -hmm. hit something or did whatever. Uh, now it lasts until the end of your next turn. Um, and if it's active on your next turn, you can extend it for another round by doing the following. Making an attack roll, so you have to attempt to hit them, you don't have to hit them. Mm -hmm. Force an enemy to make a saving throw with a weird one. some yeah. feature that you have. Or use your bonus action to extend it. Each time the rage is extended, it lasts until the end of your next turn again. And you it's can maintain it for up to 10 minutes. Yeah. So you can take 10, or, or rather, you can take uh, 100 bonus actions in a row 
to maintain your rage. Uh, and you get a limited number of uses of rage to, to start rage. Uh, it's weird. Uh, does, but does they put point? in features for why they've made it weird, which is something, I guess. I found it in a quote. I don't know if it's slightly further down, but it's, it's, it's on the rage stuff. It's a re I find it a really weird note on their change. The, the focus is now on what you do, not what's done to you. Yes. So previously, if you took damage, it, that would also yeah, extend to rage. Which, which I get in a way, but it's also it's just a really weird like. I don't know. For me, it always feels like a like corporate speak, where it's like you know trying to focus on on this rather than that. It's it's a really strange sentence. Just yeah. It, it, thematically, getting hit and taking damage no longer makes you angry. Yes. You have to That's think fine. about it and decide to be angry. I will say one of the nice things about this is that it doesn't have to be a strength based weapon. True. Uh, where is that? I've got rage damage when you make an attack with oh with a weapon or an unarm yeah with a weapon or unarmed strike using strength. I feel like it'd be so much oh. easier if they just classified oh. unarmed strike. Oh, yeah, it'd be so much easier if they just classified uh, unarmed strike as a weapon. Just do it. So, so no, yeah, I I don't like it. I it's first of all being forced to. Just it doesn't help the idea that combat is just you punch or you 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 swing weapon every single turn until they're dead, and that's it. It takes out any opportunity to like think of something clever in between. Yeah. It also means uh, with this change, you can now if you get incapacitated, uh, that's it. Rage over. You're no longer angry yeah. if if that's how you're flavoring it uh all your benefits of that are gone if you fail a saving throw that incapacitates you 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 stop being incapacitated so you feel way better your therapy's working it's great so bad bad bad, so, bad. yeah yeah um no there's not say that it's all bad because we get features that you might want to rage outside of combat for but also should you not just get more uses of rage so that you can do that? Yeah, sure. uh, you know, significantly. Oh, um, there's limited defense... uses of rage to begin with. Yeah, uh, yeah. unarmed defense is uh, the same. Uh, weapon mastery. You're training with weapons. You can use the mastery property of two kinds of simple or martial melee weapons, like That's a great all the warriors thing. Though, isn't uh, it? The yes, weapon no, mastery is, is is so strange to me. Yeah, it does say whenever you finish a long rest, you can practice weapon drills and change the kinds of melee weapons that you chose. Just, just fucking give them mastery in all of them. If you can change yep, yeah. it on a there's long rest, things. they just have access to everything. Yeah, just just give them that. access to everything. They should definitely have access to everything. The other one for me is it's really weird that the weapons have the weapons have these modifiers, but only like the martial characters can get a feat that unlocks it for that. I don't understand why it isn't you get the feat and therefore when you're using these weapons you get this extra bonus. I don't know why it's attached to the yeah. weapon when only some people can use it if they have a feat. Yeah. Because it, uh, no. it's just added detail for you know a cleric. You have this weapon. It has this property. You're never going to use it. You literally can never use it. Yeah. And it, it, we should be careful as well because we can say martial characters get access to it 
that's not strictly the case at the moment. Only warriors get access to it. Rogues, yeah. not not not, not warrior characters. Paladin well, counts warrior. Hmm? Just paladin paladin is considered warrior. a priest. Yeah, because that's what that's what because like paladins wouldn't get weapon mastery even though they're weapon nope. focused. It's perfect. Yeah, clerics can be weapon focused as well. Yeah. So we can. I mean. We can speculate about when it was designed and, you know, if it'll be implemented in later versions. But as it stands with what they've shown us, only warriors get access to it, which means monks will get access to it. You know, monks whose main thing is punching people. Sure, mm -hmm. there's the thing about monk weapons, but monks don't really tend to use monk weapons very much unless they're a specific kind of monk. That's part of the reason people play the monk, the fantasy aspect of I run around and I punch people. So, what do you say we whatever. just take the weapon masteries, apply it to everybody's weapons in campaign three, and it's just a cool new thing that we have? Now. Also, this, to be fair, I was thinking as well, like, if you're going to add it to the weapons, I understand unlocking it with a feat. I don't understand restricting that feat to certain well, people. I think having it having it as a feat for everyone that isn't a, a marshal is fine, but marshals should should get it. Like, like they do here, where yeah, it's just a feature enough. of the class. Yeah, fair um, because you know a rogue is really only going to want one or two of them anyway. So having a having access to all of them doesn't matter so much. But should it cost them a feat to get into it? I don't think so. Mm. Um, so uh, second level um, primal knowledge. This is new. Uh, gain proficiency in another skill of your choice from the uh, list of skills available to barbarians at first level. That section of it is just a fold in of an optional class feature from Tasha's. This is the new bit. In addition, while your rage is active, because it, in theoretically it now can be for 10 minutes, uh, you can channel primal power. Basically, whenever you make an ability check using one of the following skills, you can make it as a strength check, even if it normally uses a different ability. So you can use your strength, plus if you are proficient, or rather, it doesn't even, sorry, it doesn't matter if you're proficient. If you are raging and you need to make an acrobatics, intimidation, perception, strength, or survival check, you can use strength instead of their ability scores. Stealth, not when, strength. When you do that, your your strength represents primal power coursing through and around you. Player's Handbook, page 175. It's already a thing to be able to use different abilities as skill checks. I looked this up because I got so confused. This this is something that you can do. Yeah, I will say it, it's, it's requires, literally, it's page it requires DM fiat or for you to be able to ask to be able to do it, whereas this <laughs> is just you can do it, I guess. But you're right. This is not a new concept, or even necessarily something that couldn't be done. It's not even like, a concept. It's it's not something you're adding to barbarians. They're like, oh, you can use yeah. strength. At all. that's so amazing. No, it's just a specific version of something that literally yeah. anybody can do. Like fighters can do the same same thing, for example. But I I would ask before rolling strength on it. Whereas this one, I guess you True. don't have to. But, but even like, in this case, like it's still it's always a conversation. If you also the, have to ex have to expend one of your very few rages, exactly. And it only lasts for that turn. If you're not already conversing <laughs> with your GM about like this kind of stuff, whether it's the GM's decision or you get it as a feat. I feel like, I mean, it's definitely not the kind of game that we would play. I would never want to play a game where I, I, I would hate for any of you guys to be like, I'm doing this thing. And I know it's going to fuck with everything, blah, 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 whatever. I don't care. You usually say, oh, I've got a feat where I can do this. And I'd be like, yeah, that sounds chill. Like, it's a conversational way of doing things. The DM is a player too, you know? But I, I don't know. It's just, I read this and I was like, so you can do a thing that you can already do, except use your rage to do it. Yeah. <laughs> uh... 
<laughs> uh, reckless attack is like the same. Um, third level barbarian subclass it is the berserker for this one. Um, fifth level extra attack, same as it is. Uh, also, fifth level speed increases by ten feet while you aren't wearing heavy mm. armor. Um, seventh level feral instinct advantage on initiative rolls and dexterity saving throws. Which is Previous, weird. You got danger sense at second level. If you have to make a dexterity saving throw and you can see the effect, you get advantage. Sorry, five levels later, you can have that, but you don't have to be able to see the thing. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, So, sorry, people who don't want to fail their dex saves. Ninth level, Indomitable Might. If your total for a strength check is less than your strength score, you can use that score in place of the total. Let's put sure. from 18th level down to 9th. Yeah. The, <laughs> I mean, I, I think it may have been too high at 18th, just with the way that they're doing things. That is a massive drop. Yeah. Yeah. I think good, though, because, I mean, if oh, for sure. in theory, this is already your best, your best stat, unless maybe you've focused on constitution first. Yeah. So you're already yeah. more likely to have a good result. This is just like with the bar, the eloquence bar, which at third level can't get lower than like a fourteen or something yeah. uh, for deception and persuasion. Uh, what this does apply to, though, is those skill checks. If you are raging, so if you're raging, you can always see really well if you're using strength for perception uh, now, which I guess I guess fine, yeah. sort of. Um, 11th level, Brutal Critical when you score a critical hit with a weapon or an arm strike using strength the target takes extra damage equal to your barbarian level the damage is the same type dealt by weapon previously this was do an extra damage of your weapon dice so this is better this is do 11 more damage at this level mm. and then more it's still not great uh, mm. but it is better than do an extra d8 and maybe you get an yeah. Um What I would say is, this would not, again, work with a nat 20. You don't double the 11. It's not a dice. You don't. It's a modifier. And it only happens on a critical hit. Yes. Oh. Well. Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. Uh, 13th level, Assistant Rage. Your rage lasts for 10 minutes without you needing to do anything. Um, And it still ends if you get incapacitated (laughs) or put on heavy armor. I love that. The rage ends if you put on heavy armor. I'm so angry, I'm going to get dressed. If you're doing stuff as, like, rules as written, it takes, like, 10 minutes to put on heavy armor anyway. (laughs) Yep. This this, this is another point where it's really weird of, like, you can use rage out of combat. Why? Like, I understand using your stats for things out of combat, but, like, such a weird... Oh, you know, because you'll be doing so many things whilst you're raging outside of combat. Yeah. Just make sure if, you know, if you're going to put on heavy armor, which you won't be doing anyway because it it's not good for... Because it a, nullifies, like, half of exactly. your features. So you won't be putting on heavy armor, but in case you are, just specifically putting on heavy armor, you know, then it, then it goes away. It's, it's such a weird... <laughs> Weird point. <laughs> yeah. Uh, 15th level. Uh, Relentless Rage has been moved from 11th level to 15th. Mm. Um, 
the Persistent Rage, by the way, used to be at 15th and is now at 13th, so whatever. But yeah, so this is now four levels uh, later. Um, this is the thing that makes you harder to kill. Um, rather than restoring you to one hit point, it restores you to a number of hit points, which is equal to twice of your Barbarian level. So at this level, it is gives you back 30 HP, which is which is better, which is fine. Yeah, um, it stops the and the D actually, but yeah. The DC for the saving throw that you all pass resets to ten on a short rest as well, which is which is good. Um, because there isn't a limit to using this outside of the DC for it increases, which I like. It's different to all the other stuff, um, and it means that you potentially might stay alive a really long time, mm. which is the whole point, right? Seventeenth um, level. When you roll initiative, regain one rage. Great. Yay. 18th level, Primal Champion. Your You embody Primal Power. Your strength and con scores increase by 2, and the maximum is now 22. Yay. 5 D&D points to whoever can tell me what this used to be. What, Primal Champion? Yep. <sighs> what did it used to increase by? 5? Five? 5. Incorrect. 5 D&D points to me, it used to increase by 4. So yeah, close enough. your strength and con increased by four and their maximum was 24. So with this, your ability modifier goes up by one. Yep. Rather than by two. Real big 18th level plays yeah. there. Going to make a massive yes, again, difference. Yet again, another yeah. really boring 16 to 20. Yeah. There, I was, the, the first half of, well, I say first half, up to... Level five, I guess. Interesting changes, at the least, even if they're not things that you know are particularly inspiring. Mm. They are interesting. The idea of being able to use rage for more than just I punch now and I punch good, uh, and kind of discourage a little bit of the I'm a barbarian, therefore I'm dumb and not good at any mental skills, mm. because you can use strength for them which in theory you're really good at i think that's an interesting it's a it's worthwhile taking a look at whether or not the execution of it has been done well is clearly debatable um but you're right that why would you ever take a barbarian to 20th level why would you not multi-class with this right what what are you waiting for what what feature here are you dying to get nothing I feel like getting to 18th, 20th level should be like, it's a huge thing. Yeah. You know, you're like mythical beings at that point, usually. Yeah. Now, I will say, 20th level, the epic boons have received changes. They are so much better than they were in the initial playtests. Like, mm. definitely better. That's good. But that's, that's still 20th level, which very few people play at. Yep. Uh, and, and I feel like this is worth pointing out. A lot of this is the power is spread out, right? Have Wizards said that they're going to make more content for high level, which they currently don't? No, no they haven't said that they're going to do that. Uh, will they? Maybe. We have to assume they're going to operate in the same way that they always have, because we've no reason to assume otherwise. Mm -hmm. Final thoughts on Barbarian as a class before we get... Oh no, we'll do, we'll do the subclass and then we'll do final thoughts on Barbarian. Uh, so... Barbarian subclass Path of the Berserker. This notably is a class that is held up as being a bad example of design or an example of bad design. 
Mm. So, Alex, I know that you have played Exit Berserker uh, when you played Dun Dun. Yes. Uh, and you found the exhaustion thing, even on like that mini campaign thing, to be a bit of a pain, right? Yes. And that was very much a go somewhere and do a boss fight every couple of days in game. Yes. And it was still a pain. Exhaustion is one of those things that. I, well, this is one of the reasons I we've. I know they've now removed it. We have now stuck with our our own version of exhaustion, going between zero and twenty levels, with our own effects on zero it. Zero and ten. Zero and ten levels, um, <laughs> with our own effects on it, because yeah, especially when that was. I know this thing is saying it's getting rid of it, especially when it's like you get exhausted one out of six levels and it's already like a heavy effect. Which is annoying. <laughs> so it's at this point that I'm going to tell you something. That 1 to 10 levels of exhaustion that you guys thought was a really good change, that's no longer in the rules glossary. Yes, and therefore, I, so, no, they've, they've removed yeah, it. Therefore, um, not in the playtest. But we assume not removed. appearing again. I didn't like the version they had. I liked the idea. So we yeah. sat down and made our own version yeah. of it, which we, will now use, which we are now using. Yeah. But that initial idea, likely not going to make it, even though people really liked him. Yeah. So, oh, it doesn't matter now, because it because yeah. this doesn't uh, inflict exhaustion on you. What no. does it do, I wonder? <laughs> so Frenzy is now basically, if you reckless attack while you are raging, uh, deal extra damage to the first target you hit with a strength-based attack. Yes, we understand everything is strength-based for the Barbarian. Uh the extra damage is a number of d6 equal to the rage damage bonus. So two when you start. Two d6. Um, you add them together and it's the same damage type as your weapon or unarmed strike. Okay, so more incentive to unarmed strike. Uh, sorry, more more incentive to reckless. That seems berserkery to me, thematically. Fine, mm -hmm. and it's better than gaining exhaustion. Uh, minus rage, immunity to charm and frightened while you are uh, raging. And uh, if you enter rage while you are charmed or frightened, they end. That's not from suspension. Yes, like a suppression of it. Yeah. it? Um, <laughs> retaliation has moved from 14th level to 10th level. Uh, when you take damage from a creature that's within five feet of you, you can use a reaction to make an attack against them. Good to have that earlier, considering that it's all about attacking. And then at 14th level, um, this is basically swapped with Retaliation. So this was at 10th level, uh, and it's been improved. So rather than just affecting one creature, this now affects a group. Um, and if you are raging, the range is doubled to basically uh, make a group of people frightened. Hmm. Uh, which can be useful. Uh Way better to have it as a group within range, and if you're raging, then it is better. Uh, once a long rest. Um, if you run out of uses, you can then expend a use of rage to do it again. So it's not you, you can rage and do this again, it is instead of a rage. Making rage again harder to... A resource to fuel something. Yeah. Uh, now, I will point out uh, two feats that we covered in the last time that we talked about 1D&D were Sharpshooter and Great Weapon Master. Uh, wizards were very clear that they want to change them. 
and they've kind of brought in this weapon mastery system instead of them so that mm -hmm. people have more options the maths has been done on it um and you know assume, making whatever assumptions you have to although relatively standard assumptions i i think uh a one D, &D barbarian with weapon mastery would do more damage than the current barbarian with great weapon master so barbarians in theory do do more damage now than the current version so damage is not so much something that people need to worry about uh in terms of losing out on great weapon master which was a very popular feat with barbarians and fighters it but, is however less interesting yeah that, that seems to be the kind of thing that they give them higher numbers overall but makes the entire experience more boring and singularly focused mm -hmm. in what you can do with each class also like the the common theme seems to be everybody using the same um like Stat? skill they're like, like prim primary ability score yes mm -hmm. yeah primary ability score and then like skill pool for for their class that should give them access to their primary feature but once you run out you're just you're just out yeah. so it's going to make days shorter where people can do things and actually feel useful Mm-hmm. And it's I don't know. Yeah, I think I think there's definitely with all of these, there's you're right that there's like you have a thing that you can do which fuels everything of your class, and you, you're gonna find everybody is gonna do a couple things early in the day in a fight, and it's like, well, we can't do anything else. All yeah. of the stuff that would make us powerful. Otherwise you're just that. rolling one die and doing one die of damage after that point. Yeah. And it's worth pointing out as well that that problem exists across spellcasters and non-spellcasters that we have covered today. Mm -hmm. But spellcasters always still have spells. Exactly. Yeah. So this whole balancing out <laughs> hasn't. Yeah. Uh, well, depending, of course, on how we think weapon mastery is, because yes, that doesn't require shit. any resources. Absolutely shit. <laughs> if you wanted to make that like, uh, a balance, then make it like spells. <laughs> Add a bunch of things. Make it, You could do a bunch of things. Yeah, you... You either have to massively improve the power of just making attacks mm -hmm. with very li limited limits on it, or you just have to make spells worse. And they're not yeah. going to overhaul spells to make them all there's worse. No, there's no point in making spells worse. Just give like a pool. I mean, how many spells are there? What, what number at this point is you know, hundreds? Why not just give sure. a bunch of things that weapons can do, including the ones that they've just added, but a bunch more, and then be like, yeah you can choose some that you can use and when you do an attack you could cast it like a spell and it adds on to your your weapon you get a really really sort of like varied fighting style at that point um it becomes the difference in my mind between uh like legend of zelda fighting where you just smack a button and you keep just keep attacking and then oh, what's that game we played a really long time ago around where it was like really specific fighting you had the masks on really specific fighting and you had to do all sorts of combinations of this and that. It was kind of... Kind of oh, I oh. really wish I could remember the name of it. I know what you're talking about. Where you get this like really in-depth fighting style where you do particular combinations and this and that. So it's overly complex. So you could improve oh. it in that way. Well, there is a, a popular idea in the Absolve. community of Absolve. for either doing this just for fighter or for all kind of 
martial characters. I say martial, quote unquote, because I don't know if it would necessarily go with the rogue very well or, or whatever. Basically, erase the battle master fighter subclass. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. And, as you were talking about and give it to to every martial as a as a base. Mm-hmm. And then that way, they still have a limited pool of what they can do. They still have to make choices about which ones are they going to select. Yes. But they can all do stuff that is similar to some spell effects. Yeah, it's basically what um, yeah. adding the equivalent yeah, the, of spells to fighters or to to clearly that, that is what they have tried to do with weapon mastery. But with the idea of you only get to master some weapons at a time, and if you wanted, even if you could have weapon mastery on everything all at once you would have to carry one of every weapon exactly. with you and get them all out at different points in combat just, to get their effect. each type of weapon just one particular thing so you have to have that type of weapon and then you don't even get them all it's stupid yeah some i, I don't know i, I don't know <laughs> yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll we'll get more to, to weapon mastery um fight and closing thoughts on the barbarian before we move to the fighter eh. disappointing yeah but then it was, isn't it all so far yep <laughs> Uh, so, starting stuff for the fighter is uh, basically the same, except that persuasion has been added to the class's list of skills, mm. so that you can be more of like an Aragorn-y type, and you can persuade people. Mm-hmm. Sure. Um, everything else is pretty much the same. Uh, you start with a fighting style. Um, those are all now little feats that you can choose. Uh, second wind you get at first level now instead of... Um, Oh no, sorry. It was either Second Wind or, or Action Surge has, has moved, I think. Second Wind, you get uh, first level, Action Surge is at yeah. second. Yeah. Okay, cool. So, and Second so Wind, you can do twice. Yeah, Second Wind, you can yes. now get more. So, Second Wind can now be used more, and it's on the table as its own little thing. So, Which when you I get up to 10th level, you can do it five times. I do agree with that, to be fair, because Second Wind is one of those things where it feels like you should be able to use it more when you're a much more powerful fighter. Level 20, and just like, I yeah. can still heal. Once. 1d10. Exactly. Like, yeah, and there is, it does have its own special little thing at later levels as well, which we'll get to. Mm. Uh, first level, you get the <laughs> weapon mastery. The uh, later great. levels are only improving the earlier levels. Yeah. Uh, second level, action surge. This has been changed a little bit it's st- so that you can only do fighter-based things. I have literally so you can no longer use this to cast a spell. My notes, my bullet point is just why with two question marks. Why? <laughs> So, in theory, you prevent a two-level dip into fighter so that people can cast either two-level spells uh, or, you know, cast a spell as well as attacking twice. Was it that big a problem? No. Like, nobody can. <laughs> like, you've just made Action Surge absolutely just useless. It's a fighting thing now. You'll only use it in fight, but, like, I don't know. I mean, I know you. it was only really going to be used in battle before, but, again, going back a lot to what you were saying uh, with one of them earlier, Rowan, it takes away the ability to be more varied and individual with how you play a character. If you're going to do action surge, you can't now, you know, jump down a hill and then grab a thing and then do something special. It's now like, well, if you want to do a second thing, you've got to just attack him. You know, yeah. Just attacking thing. So notably, this would be used with uh, casting a, a magic spell if you were playing some kind of like sword and sorcery character so but maybe you don't want to play an eldritch knight maybe you want to play a blade singer but be able to you know give up some of that really high level wizard power so that you can have like one really cool turn Mm. yeah um no you're not allowed nope Uh, sorry 
That's illegal. Uh, th- <laughs> third level, get a subclass. That's the same. Fourth level, get a feat. Uh, fifth level, get a feat. Not at sixth level, where you would have previously gotten it. No, it was Weird. fourth level, feat. Fifth level, extra attack. Sixth level, yeah. get an extra feat that the other classes don't get because you are a fighter. Now it is fourth level feat, fifth level feat, and extra attack. And then you get a subclass feature at sixth level. Um, but why? Sure, well, we we still haven't seen what all the feats are, so yeah. we'll see how good that Who is. Even knows now. <laughs> uh, supposedly all feats are now half feats, so I guess you're still improving your stats. We'll see if that ends up okay. being true or not. Um, if so, I do like level. that. Seventh level, uh, weapon expert. Whenever you finish a long rest, choose one of the kinds of mastery weapons you're using and replace its mastery property with another mastery property. So basically, weapons can have more than one weapon mastery property, and you can now choose to use a different one that it has. Which comes back to uh, as, long, as long as it can can do it. Well, this comes back to my home. Why not just make the effects of the mastery on the class rather than the weapon? Because they would have switched it around yeah. stuff anyway. Yeah. Uh, this is also where there's a weird thing with the naming of these features. So the first one, Weapon Mastery. Yes. You are a master at this. And then you're an expert. <laughs> yeah. And then later you're... You're an, an adept. adept. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> now it seems to me <laughs> that you're actually getting work. worse. Yep. <laughs> Wait a second. <laughs> I think they've uh, fucked me. Eighth, eighth level feat. Ninth level is Indomitable. Uh, Indomitable is not a new thing, um, but now you can, it has an added functionality. So if you fail a saving throw, you can re-roll it, but you don't just re-roll it. You re-roll it with a bonus equal to your fighter level. So this is at ninth level. So say that this is a con save, you're adding plus five. You're actually now adding plus 14. So you're almost certain to pass it. Jesus Christ. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um... Once a long rest at this point. Level 10 subclass feature, level 11, two extra attacks, that's all the same. Uh, getting up to level 13. I'm missing, uh, people haven't caught on by now, I'm missing out things where it's like, get a feet, get a feet, get a feet. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, level 13, you're a master of weapons. <laughs> Incorrect, it's called weapon adept. <laughs> you're adept at, the, at these. You're already weapons. a master of weapons. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, when you use a weapon expert, Sorry, can we just? Oh, I, love oh. I love this weapon adept. You're a master. When you use your weapon expert, <laughs> so yes. which one? Which one are we now? <laughs> yeah. Uh, so when you basically when you replace one of the weapon mastery features of a weapon, uh, you can give it two properties that it is eligible for, but you can only use one property at a time. And whenever what? you make an attack. Well, sorry, when you make the attack roll against the target with that weapon, you then decide which of the two properties attacks. But you make that decision before the attack hit or misses. No. I mean, I'm just I'm just putting it out there. That is the kind of thing that people will say afterwards because yeah. it won't matter all that much beforehand yeah, a, unless it, it is specific for that thing. I would say it doesn't matter if it's before or after because it's not the kind of thing that really affects anything. Yeah. It's, it's... And also, you're a 13th level fighter... Let them fucking do both. Yeah, let them do both. What the and hell? Again, why is this being restricted to the weapons? Just give it to the fighter. Yeah. Let them choose. Let them um, use both. They make it like chi points, but the equivalent of like, they can do both, you know, but it costs a bit more. Yeah. What is this restriction? 
15th level. Your favorite thing, Alex? It's an improvement to an earlier feature. Yeah. You can use action surge twice uh, before a rest, but not more than once on a turn. 17th because, level. Because, you know, wouldn't want them to be able to actually yeah. do things. So, 17th level. Uh, when you use Indomitable, you can use a, f uh, a use of Second Wind. You, uh, at, the, at the same time. Which is cool. Very last standy. Yeah. Uh, 18th level, three extra attacks. That was the pinnacle of being a fighter, is that you can make four attacks. Before you ask my opinion the... on this, I literally wrote, as I was as reading through it, my note is, other changes didn't interest me. <laughs> Yeah, that's past the action surge. I was just like, I don't, I don't care about any of this. It's all boring. So before before we leave fighter, uh, we're going to cover it's uh, the subclass that everyone agrees is the most interesting fighter sub. This is the one that everyone wants to play. The champion Yay, fighter. Champion. It's not the basic bitch of human fighters. The, and the all what fighters fighter? The, sorry, the champion. what? Champion. Uh, more like champion. Am I right? <laughs> <laughs> nice. The Thanks. champion so, that is third now a champion level. and expert and adepts <laughs> and master. <Yeah. laughs> uh, so at third level, when you gain the subclass, you get Adaptable Victor. Um, this is uh, new, giving you stuff that you can do outside of combat. So whenever you finish a long rest, gain proficiency in a skill that is on your class list. Cool. Uh, that lasts until the end of your long rest, so it's just—it's basically a, a floating till proficiency with a limit of what it can be. Yeah. Third level, you also get the kind of the hallmark of the champion fighter. You get crits on a nineteen as well as twenty. And once That's again, they say weapons and unarmed strikes. Just make the fists a weapon. Yeah. <laughs> um, sixth level, additional fighting style. That's like the same. Um, but you also get heroic warrior. Once a combat, you can give yourself a heroic advantage if you start your turn without it. The heroic advantage is the DM given advantage. That's the that's the the thing I think. Yeah, it's, like um, it's it says the, it later on. It's the DM inspiration. It's inspiration, yeah. Yeah. I don't know. Why um, it's called heroic advantage. Now you might remember Rowan when we covered uh, the D one D D last time. And they were they were experimenting. They, they were, were wildly yeah. experimenting with uh, DM inspiration. They were really trying um, to make that a big thing, making it a big thing. And it was like uh, lucky was changed, but you could give yourself advantage on stuff. Uh, humans just wake up with inspiration mm -hmm. uh, and just can just inspired. give themselves advantage on stuff, mm -hmm. and then they get it at other points as well. Like it, it was weird. So this might not actually be an uncommon thing. You might be able to do this loads, and champion fighters might just be able to do it like one more time, uh, or like a couple more times than everyone else. Super lazy so, as a thing you can do. I mean, all of the champion stuff is super lazy. Yeah, better, better, uh, better crits, some advantages. Yeah, tenth, tenth level, an even better crit. Or rather, an even better chance to crit. Critting yeah. itself is not improved. Nope. Um, so you can do it on an 18, 19, and 20. Yay. 14th Yay. level, Survivor. They will survive, hey, hey. Um, <laughs> so it's now it's now better than it was. So you have advantage on death saves. Is that important? Are you making all that many death saves? Uh, and when you roll an 18 to a 20 on a death save, you gain the benefit of rolling a 20. So you are more likely to just pop back to you know yeah. to consciousness. Um, 
At the start of each of your turns, as well, this is Heroic Rally as part of this same thing, you regain hit points equal to 5 plus your con mod if you have no more than half your hit points left. You don't gain this benefit if you have zero hit points. So if you're unconscious, it doesn't work. But as soon as you go below half your health total, it you just start healing. Uh, to me, that makes that means it, it's more likely that you're probably not going to make death saves. Yep. Yeah. So the whole thing's focused on not really having to make death saves. Although the whole like what you were saying, you know, being unconscious and stuff, that's changed, isn't it? What counts as yeah, unconscious being and is different to how it was before? Yeah. I have opinions uh, on that as well. <laughs> yeah, we'll, we'll get to that if we have time. Or I, I'm going to at least get to the points that I have now because I want to complain about some of them, that's for sure. Okay. Um, that's it for the Warriors because we don't have the Monk. Uh, final thoughts on the fighter before we move on to the Mages. I, I, I did have a slightly positive thing. Um, it's very weakly positive. It's nice to see that there are some changes being made to all the subclasses. The problem is those sub those changes made to older subclasses are boring as shit. Yep. So, eh. Any thoughts, Ron? I like the more second wind stuff. That is fair. Yep. More second wind is a, is a good advantage. Everything else is kind of stinky. I. Yep. I like that. I think the changes to Indomitable make it so likely that you will pass your yeah. re-rolled saving throw. Would it not be better just to be like, you have a legendary resistance? Yeah, why not? May as well. You yeah. you can have that moment of you you know the dragon blasts you full in the face. That's no, wanna, I shrug yeah. it off, cool. and and you don't even have to bother with re-rolling. You can you like you can roll it the first time, see that you fail, and go. No, is that is that not just better than going? Yeah. Man, I really hope I don't get like a one or a two on yep. this thing that I'm almost guaranteed to to succeed on. So you know, whatever. Uh, yeah. uh, <laughs> so we come now to mage, and I'm gonna skip around. Uh, like this potentially might not be the order that you have stuff in, but this is why I have said to open up two versions of this document. You're gonna want one on page eight. And the other one you're going to want to take to page 39. Because we're going to start with the wizard. Are we? Yes. Is that because you want to talk about meta magic last? Uh, no, I want to talk about the warlock last. Uh, <laughs> Man, I want to talk about um, meta magic. I thought wizard first there. because it has stuff to talk about, but it has some of the fewest stuff mm. to talk about. Um, and I think we can probably move off it relatively quickly. Uh, so, <laughs> wizards, eh? This is kind of where the whole joke comes in that get, that goes around when Wizards of the Coast constantly makes improvements to wizards because they are Wizards of the Coast, they're not Sorcerers of the Sea or whatever. You know, that whole joke goes around quite a lot. Uh, so, this table of spell slot prog progression, etc, etc, that's the same as we always have seen it. Um, the stuff that they start with is the same, you know, um, their spell casting is basically the same, except for the way in which you can gain extra spells, which is now a spell. You gain a spell called Scribe Spell as a feature. Yeah. Uh, I will just say, I'm not going to go into the whole thing of it, but the way it is worded breaks Wizard horrifically. 
we don't play in a game where we where Alex like targets our spell books if we were to have them. Like he mm-hmm. doesn't break our uh, our focuses to stop us from casting magic because. I, I shit. forgive me for speaking for you, but I think that would be unfun for it's you. Entirely and unfun. If if I, it's a bit of a lazy. I'm thing sure some do. DMs would, but that's that's one of those like, well, what are you gonna do now? <laughs> it's like I'm winning. It's like I'm I'm I I'm not winning. <laughs> We're all not having fun yeah. now. <laughs> but there there is a thing with wizard where their spell books you know can be destroyed, and even though it's a repository of all their magic, uh. You you are, you would then have to start a new spell book, and the only ones that you would know to be able to start it off are the spells that you have prepared that day. You would lose all other progress because you learn scribe spell as a spell and not as a feature. If you haven't prepared scribe spell and you lose your spell book, you can never learn another spell again. <laughs> Because you can't, you, you can't start uh, a spell, but you can't inscribe anything into it. That's you you might, if you funny. level up, you might, you know, you might gain your extra two that you get or whatever. But you'll never be able to scribe them into your spellbook, in theory. They might just appear because you learn them. Mm-hmm. But the mechanic by which you put spells into your spellbook, you wouldn't have access to anymore. Which is stupid. Yeah. So, if you want to play a rubbish wizard, <laughs> you, yeah, great, whatever. Uh, all the other spellcasting is the same, except that you can use your spellbook as a spellcasting focus. I must admit, I had always thought that was the case. <laughs> Literally, my, my, point, uh, <laughs> my points are, people care about focus, and weren't people already doing this? <laughs> yeah. And I also said, uh, um, again, touching on controlling RPG elements, it's it's pushing into that like what you can use as a spellcasting focus i mean what you were saying about like being able to destroy it remove it i don't know it it's a weird one i, I, I feel things. like that might be an interesting challenge in like a one player like it is a dm and a player mm. that might be an interesting like challenge for them to go through if you knew that they would be okay with that because yes you've got to remember adding in extra spells to a spellbook costs in-game resources it costs you gold and time you might have sacrificed there's an opportunity cost to it, right? You couldn't buy that cool uh, ring of protection because you wanted to put fireball into your spellbook. Right. Sorry, fireball's gone, and you don't have the ring of protection. Uh, so yeah, there's all that. Uh, wizards famously don't get all that many class features because they get access to so many spells. Uh, but so they have a new one at second level. Uh, when you take the study action, that's another new new thing. It's basically when you make a mental check. Um, that's a simplification, but you can think of it that way. Um, you have advantage on any intelligence check that you make. So basically, if you're making an intelligence check, you have advantage. Okay, why? Because uh, sure. uh, you're a wizard, so you're so you're the best. You're yeah. very smart. Obviously. Very smart boy. So smart all the time. Not a single mm. weakness to my brain. <laughs> Uh, second level, Arcane Recovery, this is the same. Um, gain spell slots on a short rest. Sure. Um, third level, Can your subclass, this was previously a second level. Fifth level, Memorize Spell, this is another gain a spell as a class feature. Mm-hmm. We, will, we will go to these in a moment. Seventh level, Modify Spell, 
Gain another spell as a class feature. Mm-hmm. Ten, uh, ninth level. Create spell. Gain a spell as a class feature. Fifteenth mm-hmm. uh, level. Spell mastery. Uh, this is uh, been moved from eighteenth to fifteenth. Um, basically, you no- choose a first level and a second level spell that you have in your spell book. You can cast them at the lowest level without expending a spell slot when you have them prepared. If you want to do it at a higher level, you have to spend a spell slot as normal. Basically, pick two of your favorite low-level spells. You're super good at them, and you can change them after eight hours uh, of study. But basically, you can change them on long rest. Um, 18th level, signature spells. Uh, it's the same as it was. It's just moved from 20th to 18th, like all the capstones. Let's switch to our page uh, our page eight documents <laughs> and find for me, if you would, scribe spells. These are listed alphabetically because um, Wizards has no interest in uh, user friendliness. So this is on page eleven. Mm-hmm. So first level transmutation spell, ritual wizard. Casting time, two hours per level of the scribe spell. That was the same as it was. Uh, it costs 50 gold pieces of fine inks per level of the scribe spell. This spell consumes the inks. Um, that's the same as it was. I will say, however, this has specified the inks as a material component of using a spell. Previously, it was, this costs you 50 gold pieces per level. This represents things like mm-hmm. ink. So now, if you were playing in the in this kind of in a game where people are uh, sticklers for their material components, you would ha- you would have to go and buy it. Uh, it cannot just be I have fifty gold pieces and I want to transcribe this first level spell. Yeah, uh, in theory. But basically, this is you put a spell into your spell book. Um, It's only understandable to you or someone who is casting identify or scribe spell. Um, And if the book was blank before scribing, that book is now your spell book. So if you wanted to make a copy or if you were just changing, that's that's how you change your spell book. You can't have more than one, it seems. Uh, So let's go to memorize spell. Uh, This is... Bottom of page nine. Thank you very much. Yeah, bottom of page nine. Third level divination spell, Ritual Wizard. Uh, Takes a minute. No costly components. Choose a spell from your spell book that you don't have prepared. Choose another that you do have prepared. Swap them. Hot swap a spell. Basically, yeah. Basically, third third level spell slot. I need this spell that I didn't think I would need. Mm -hmm. Um, And if you do it with a higher spell slot, do an additional spell. Which, I, that, I'm I'm not opposed to. I think a third level spell slot to do that is, I think, a fair cost. Sure. I think that's fine. Um, and I'm okay with wizards having access to that, whereas other prepared casters don't, because other mm-hmm. prepared casters have access to their full list. So that, I, I, I yeah. personally think that's fine. Uh, let's just skip on down a little bit to the next page of Modify Spell. Um, yeah. Takes a minute. Fourth level. Uh, alter a spell. 
So you can remove the spell's components, uh, ver verbal, somatic, or material. Um, if the material component is consumed, you can't remove that. If a spell requires concentration, damage can't break your concentration on that spell. If a spell has a, has a damage type, replace it with a different damage type from a list. Um, if the spell has a range of at least 5 feet and doesn't have a range of self, increase it by 30 times your wizard level. <laughs> Which, That's, by the way, fucking wild. Yeah. Uh, if a spell is not a ritual, make it a ritual. Ritual, for anyone who is unaware or needs a reminder, is add 10 minutes to the casting time and it doesn't take up a spell slot. Um, targets. If it affects one or more creatures and doesn't have a range of self, it now affects only your allies or your enemies. So, Fireball, for example, you can make target only enemies. Now, this chosen alteration lasts until you cast Modify Spell again, so you can only have one at a time, or until you finish a long rest. The altered version of the spell can't be added to a spellbook or spell scroll without first casting Create Spell. So, let's go to Create Spell, shall we? <laughs> this is uh, page 9, uh, left-hand side. It's mm -hmm. a reaction. A, yeah, 5th mm -hmm. level spell, reaction. So you've just cast Modify Spell. You've chosen what you want to do. Uh, and it's worth saying as well, higher spell slots means that you can do an extra one of those effects. You can only do one at a time on the casting unless you're doing extra things. Mm -hmm. Uh, it has, um, it consumes a 1,000 gold piece per level of the spell altered. Uh, arcane focus, so costly material components. Mm -hmm. Um, basically, make your modify spell permanent. In your spell book. And it becomes a known spell, and you can just use your fireball that only targets your allies, can't be counterspelled, uh, and does necrotic damage. And uh, is fighting you from 300 feet yeah, away. And, yes, and has, <laughs> and has a crazy <laughs> the, uh, range. You now have an like, RPG. So this, this is why I'm saying that they have things for discussion, but I don't think we'll necessarily... We could spend ages discussing this and all the different things. Yeah, I feel like there's it, so Is it many. worth it? It's, it's so really busted. Like, I get where they were coming from with this idea of like yeah, making spells, modifying spells. Like that yeah. kind of stuff I do like for wizards because like, oh yeah, they get to have this much more experimental side of things. Yeah. But the restrictions... Nice to have a mechanic behind it. Yeah, the restrictions yeah. really need to be put in place. Cause, like, it's... It's also worth mentioning a lot of those changes are just meta magic, but they can be made permanent by a wizard. Yeah. Because why shouldn't they be better at the things that sorcerers do? Um, but also, having I understand the kind of the universal mechanic of a costly component, right? But every game handles gold differently. Mm -hmm. you, your DM might flood you with gold because they give you loads of options, but also. Even if you play a game where you just get, let's say, a middling amount of gold, but you're at a level where your wizard can do this, would your party not just go, I've got a thousand gold, you've got a thousand gold, you've got a thousand gold, you've got a thousand gold. Let's fucking make the wizard make it so that we never die and makes us all super awesome and he can do yeah. this, that and the other for us instead of getting 
a ring of protection or boots of elven kind. <laughs> like, why why would you why would you ever miss this opportunity? Well, a perfect example as well is like C three. You have Maisie and Neva who come from a family where I have literally not put a number on how much money their family has because the whole point is that they are so exactly. ridiculously rich that it doesn't matter. Money has never been an object. And yes, yeah, they have to have access into it and stuff, but you could probably quite realistically be like, I'm going to steal 10,000 gold from my uh, from my parents. Now the wizard in our party has the most powerful spell that's ever existed. Yeah. <laughs> you know? I like, got you. But, you get, but, but then it puts on the DM to be like, oh, well... It, it would put it on me to be like, well, I don't want you to be able to do that, but I also don't want to put in random restrictions of like, no, you can't take that money because yeah. uh, I it's said something so. something else for a DM to have to monitor, not even just think about, like monitor how much party yeah. gold there is. I can't remember the last time I ran a campaign and I was actively keeping track of how much gold oh, I don't. the party I just I vaguely trust you guys to spend money not... I mean, when you spend food and stuff, I don't even ask. I'm like, yeah, whatever. Yeah, because like... Why, why would you? I don't care. <laughs> At a certain point in the world they've created, yeah, you could be getting money per week, per, per, per job, per whatever, and you'll spend it at a certain night. But, like, I've never looked at your things to see if you're actually spending money that you have or taking money off that you have. Because, firstly, with the smaller stuff, I just don't give a shit. But, secondly, I trust you. And for me, now I, it doesn't matter. I'm grounded forever, so... Well, I'll well, that too. <laughs> yeah. So, happy to move on from Wizards? It seems all fairly Wizard. obvious what, what the problems are with it. Sorry. Yeah, like, good ideas, but get some help. <laughs> yeah. Mr. Crawford. Um, we only have Sorcerer, Warlock, and Weapon Mastery to go through still. Are you guys happy to do that? Yeah, let's go through it fairly quickly. I mean, I don't have yeah. much on Sorcerers, to be honest, except for the met one point of the meta magic stuff. Uh, if you want to go for page 24 on your one that isn't on the list of spells um, for Sorcerer, because you're still going to need to go back and check that list of spells, because uh, fuck user-friendliness. Exactly. So, 24 for the Sorcerer. The vibe just um, seems to be everybody's a little wild magic now. Hmm. <laughs> Uh, kind of, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, so the table is kind of the same, no big changes there. What they get access to immediately is basically uh, the same, except that you don't pick your subclass at first level. Uh, which, considering that it's all an innate thing, like that is, is kind of it's what you're born with rather than like, yeah. studying, seems Makes it weird. a little strange, but whatever. Mm. Uh, so, oh, hello, Rolo. Um, so... First level, get a new thing. Innate sorcery. An event in your past gives you spells. You always have Sorcerer's Burst and Chaos Bolt prepared. Chaos Bolt was previously a Sorcerer-only uh, spell. Okay. Now I think it's I think it's probably on the Arcane list, so other people can take it if they want. Sorcerer's Burst is a new cantrip. It's basically like a... Just a little Sorcerer exclusive. It's, it's their Eldritch Blast, yeah. basically. Except it's a six. Yeah. Um, Spellcasting is kind of the same. And again, this is here. It, it's got. It says that you are preparing them. You are not. You are memorizing them exactly the same as they do now. Except that you, you do get more. Um, oh, it's been increased nice. to 22 20. from 15. Yeah. Uh, so seven more spells over your 20 levels. Um, sure. Uh, that's good. 
but you are, make no mistake, you are still memorizing them and you only get to change one on a level up, just like you do now. You are not preparing them. I, I, I don't know why they have made this this change in, in the wording. Prepared casting is different to oh, what they are describing. You know what I bet it is? They're it's going to release, P. yeah, they're going to release an errata that says, well, if it's lowercase p, you're like actually preparing them each time, but capital P means you're memorizing yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, so, if it's in um, second level... <laughs> uh, second level font of magic, um, it now has a level prerequisite for creating spell, like, spell slots of certain levels. So before, if for some reason you were a second level sorcerer with a shitload of sorcery points, even though you couldn't have done that, you you can't make a spell above second level, even though you couldn't really have done that anyway. Mm. Um, sure. Why, why not, I guess. I, I feel like this is a solution to something that isn't a problem. Yep. Yes. Well, I think 1 D&D is a solution to something that isn't a problem. But, you know. Yeah. Yep. Uh, Metamagic has moved from third level to second level. Um, you get three options instead of two, and you get three more at 13th level. And you can also change one of your meta magic options after each long rest. Oh, That's what? what how did they fuck them up to where they're giving them more options, dude? Uh, there are changes. We'll, to we'll cover that briefly. I, there are changes to all of them. I am infuriated at the change to the twin spell. Yeah, that's the big one. I am. Um, so my well, actual notes are, the fuck is this? <laughs> yeah, I tell you what, th there's there's two really that I think stand out. Do you want to explain what tw what Twin Spell now does, rather than going through all of them? And I'll, uh, sure. I'll say what I think the other So Twin, as we know before, was you get a spell, you... You, you, you use the meta magic of twinned and it casts it effectively twice that you can I think you can point it at two different things it's basically the word twinned yeah seems that, to make that's sense. the point now um, when you cast a level of first to fifth so there is a limit on it uh, that you also cast on your previous turn by expending a spell slot you can fuel this turn's casting of the spell by spending a number of sorcery points equal to the spell's level rather than using a spell slot effectively you can recast a spell that you've just cast last turn by using sorcery points at the spells level instead of a spell slot. This ain't twinning a spell. This is just recasting. No, it's, there's no twinning. It would be more accurate to call it echoed spell. And the thing that really annoys me is they put on it like, the, oh, the 2014 version is too powerful. I'm like, yeah, it's, yeah, it's no, powerful. it wasn't. This it's isn't not that anymore. powerful. This is just you can waste a bunch of your sorcery points to then just cast a spell again instead of just using a spell slot and not using all of the really good stuff that you could use your sorcery points for. What the fuck's the point of that? There's no, there's no reason to have it. <laughs> it's so stupid. Yeah. So that's Twin Spell. Uh, the other one, which I think slipped by a few people, um, but I, I think is a big deal, is Heightened Spell. So previously that was uh, cost three sorcery points and imposed disadvantage on a target's first save against a spell. Mm. So for example, you could Heightened Spell whole person on someone and that first save they would have disadvantage on, but all the other saves at the end of their turn to break it would have been normal. Mm. This is now two sorcery points and imposes disadvantage on all the target saves against the spell instead of the first one. And they have so, the gall to say that twin spell is too powerful. Are you kidding yes. me? So permanent disadvantage <laughs> on whole person. It's not, it's not two sorcery points at each time they have to save. 
Yeah. Two sorcery points when you cast it. Yep. But also, you could pick... Right. So it says all the targets saves against the spell. Yeah. Multi-target. What about an AoE? Yeah. So something, something like... Good luck. Uh, suggestion? Something like... Um, Oh my god, I now can't remember the name of the spell. It's the one where it creates light and gives exhaustion as well as damage. Oh, um, uh, Radiant Sphere or some shit like that? Yeah, it's, yeah, something like that. Are the targets, everyone inside it, can you give mass disadvantage to a group of people yeah. who suffer dis, dis, um, who suffer exhaustion? Yeah, theoretically. Penalty? Yeah. Like, fucking crazy. Uh, it is so that, those are the big level. big changes to I, I would also say magic. distance spell seems kind of weird as well because it's the same sort of thing that 30 times the, the level like with the wizard stuff 30 times the sorcerer yes instead of that doubling means, the range at the very beginning you can add like a 30 foot increase to your spell by level 10 you can add 300 feet to a spell and at 20th level yep. you can add 600 feet to a spell it's something that can do any more than 5 foot like not melee range can do 600 more feet, but even at level 10, which is fairly average, 300 feet is a massive amount to add to a spell's distance. It's huge! Sorry, flying creatures, that, uh, you know, yeah. you, you don't need to fly to get to them anymore. You can just snipe them from 300 feet away. It's such a huge um, amount. And they, they have they have said on their, like, patch notes for that, of foremost spells, this results in a greater increase than before. Yeah, no shit. <laughs> um... Cool. Uh, so fifth before level. Was, it used to be doubled. Yeah. Um, fifth level. Uh, gain a spell as a, as a feature. Gain sorcerous vitality. Seventh level. Gain a spell as a feature. It's called arcane eruption. Yep. Uh, ninth level. Gain a spell as a feature. Yep. Called sorcery incarnate. Thirteenth uh, level. Get three more mag metamagic options. Fifteenth um, level, regain four sorcery points when you roll initiative or finish a short rest. This weird obsession with Eight. like recharging on initiative. I don't. I mean, like, I guess it's kind of nice, but it's a weird focus. Well, it, it's been in there from the beginning, but it's never been popular. Like, at this point, we're talking. We're talking like powerful characters. Just give them unlimited of whatever it is. Like, yeah. you know, but make make it. You know, you 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 regain. You know, you have unlimited sorcery points to do to do meta magic with, and that would then mean that you can't infinitely regenerate um, sorcery points because that's a font of magic thing. Also, like what what is initiative? Like, I would argue that if you guys wanted to chase after a rabbit, I could shove you into initiative. Yeah, because that's an initiative. So you suddenly get four. So you chase after a rabbit, get four, yeah. then get bored. Just yeah. after a different rabbit, get another four, yeah. and then you get bored. Oh, what's that? Are we we're out of resources. Hey, let's spar. Yep. That's Roll initiative. Oh, okay. You punch me once, you win. You want to do it again? <laughs> Sorry, I'm now looking at Arcane Apotheosis. Yes. That this shit is, is the big crazy. One. 18th level. You always have Wish prepared. And if you undergo the spell's casting stress, which is if you use it for either, for basically not for recreating another spell, you have no chance of losing the ability to cast a, a spell. In addition, you can cast Wish to replicate a spell of first through eighth level, so not another ninth level spell, uh, without expending a, a ninth level spell slot. You instead expend a slot of the replicated spell's level. Once you use Wish this way, you can't do so again until you finish a long rest. Now, obviously, that's insane. 5D and D points 
to whoever can tell me the glaring problem with it. Well, it's saying <laughs> you spend a slot of the replicated spells level. Which this may not be what we're pointing out, but I don't really understand, like, you just cast so a basically, spell. Gain, gain a floating spell slot, but that's, that's not what I'm talking about. Mm. But it's basically gain an extra 8th level spell slot, because why would you use it on like a 2nd level spell? Exactly. There is, there is one glaring problem with this, which, it, which ties in directly to the functionality of the feature. You can cast a wish to yeah. take a long rest. Yeah. That wasn't what I was going for, but oh. sure. But It is to do with casting wish. I, of course it is, but <laughs> I mean, you can do anything. What? Is it five D&D points to Joe? Possibly. I think it is. You're better at breaking things than we are. My <laughs> brain isn't built like um, that. Uh, what level do you gain this at? 18. <laughs> right? Yeah. yeah. And at what okay. level can you take Wish? <laughs> Not 18. 17. Yeah. You could take if you if you really want it, oh. you can take wish a level before, cast it for something that isn't replicating a spell, and lose it, and never be able to cast it again, and then gain a feature that says upon casting it to do this thing, you you have no chance of losing it. You've already lost it. It doesn't say if you have lost it, you regain the ability to cast it. You could just uh, never get it back. you can just yeah. never cast wish if. You ability to not lose wish i mean i guess you could read it as you get wish back because you always have the wish spell prepared prepared i know I, it's I different know exactly. to the ability to cast though isn't it <laughs> like why would you not just add that in like obviously the thinking I is people will plan ahead and forego wish for a level right but, but why i think you give why? them too much credit you know. i don't think they've fucking thought about this at all yeah it's, 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 it's nuts. <laughs> like, as I, as just, as intended, it's crazy. I mean, obviously, yeah, being able to uh, cast, cast Wish and not lose it is, it affects, it's campaign ending. It forces a DM to either remove Wish completely and then for nerf, like a massive part of it, nerf Wish so they basically say no far more often because if you were constantly trying to cast yeah. wish every long rest, I just have to say no so much more often. Yeah. And the whole so point of wish is that it's just a huge fucking moment. Yeah, yeah. There's no uh, underlining on wish there, as you can see, which means that it hasn't been altered. Now, as part of the wish spell, it does say, you know, the DM can choose. For, you know, it it might be that your DM chooses what happens. It might be that this happens. It might be that this happens, or it might be that nothing happens. Mm. Then what is what is the fucking point? Like, you know, if if I ask for something that I know has been deemed impossible within the world, like if I if I say I wish to merge the empty plane with just gel, I would anticipate as a player that either something much smaller than that happens, but something happens, like maybe a gate opens, or that nothing fucking happens because. That's you still crazy. have to have some kind of limit to yeah. something. And then what's the point? On. Like, I feel like, like what wish is the kind of spell that I would say normally you speak with the DM ahead of time. 
you're like, I want to cast this. How does it work? Because it's it's usually much bigger than. I mean, unless you cast another spell with it, it's usually much bigger than improv will allow. So if you like, yeah. if you spoke to me before and like, I want to make the empty plane, I'd be like, okay, so let's just have like an in depth talk about the mechanics and how we can make something happen that would satisfy yeah. you, make you happy. Yeah, you know? yeah, because it's not just okay. I I want to merge this. It's why do you want to merge it? What what is it that you're wanting to get from it? Exactly. Like. Uh, like you can't also, improv the wish spell, really. In, if we take this as written, they're saying, you know, epic boons are, are crazy and great now, and you gain them instead of levels, you know, in theory, past 20th level, mm-hmm. air quotes. Um, I wish that we all have all the epic boons. Uh, I wish for all the gold. I wish that we can turn into dragons whenever we want and back. You know, a DM shouldn't have to monkey's paw every single wish a player makes. Mm-hmm. You know, that, yeah, and not being able to, not losing the the wish spell means, of course, you will just be like, "Can I do this? No, okay. Can I do this? Yeah. No, okay. Can I do this? No, okay. uh, <laughs> that's it. <laughs> every time, yeah. There's no, there's no risk. So let's quickly go back to our spell list. Uh, Chaos Bolt is the same as it was before. Um, Except that you... Oh, no, sorry. Yeah, it's, it's pretty much exactly the same as it was before. Um, so you want Sorceress Burst, which is the little cantrip that you get. Oh, I'm on page it's at 11. the bottom of page 11. Mm. Yeah. Mm. So range, 120 feet. So if you're doing distance spell on this, you're already... you. I mean, you've already got a long-range cantrip. Maximum of 720 yeah. feet. <laughs> yep. Yeah. So, ma- so make a ranged attack roll against the target. On a six, they take a d6. Sorry. Uh, on a hit, they take a d6. If you roll a, a six on the d6, you roll another d6. Whenever you cast a spell, the maximum number of these d6s that you can add to the spell's damage equals your spellcasting modifier. This is what's commonly known as an exploding dice among various different TTRPGs for those who don't know that. Yeah, why are they just um, now adding it to this one part of the yeah. <laughs> Uh, and you choose the damage type for each uh, time you cast it. So you could do acid the first time you cast it. Next round, you could do cold. So it's acid, cold, fire, lightning, poison, psychic, or thunder. Uh, I assume that psychic is only on there because Aberrant Mind is a subclass. Capital P! Um, yeah, that's poison with a capital P, but that's not the poison. Oh, that, that's yes. inflicting the it's condition. poison with a capital P, not poisoned. Oh, excuse me. Oh, sorry. Excuse right? me. <laughs> Sorry. Um, it, it scales as campers do <laughs> the levels that they do. Um, Alex is fucking losing it. <laughs> it's fucking half past midnight. This yeah. shit is just driving me up the wall. <laughs> uh, well, speaking of that, let's move on to the next one, which is just down. Uh, Sorceress Vitality. This is the thing you get at third level. Um, gain hit points. Self-heal and end one of three effects on you. Uh, sure, I sure, guess yeah. sorcerers had troubles healing themselves beforehand. Yeah, but it's a third level spell for two d six plus your spellcasting modifier. That's, that's... ending an effect if it's relevant. That's an entire also... feat based on your DM just doesn't give you health potions. <laughs> yeah, well, it's two d six instead of two d four, but like you know, sorcerers also like classically end up with like. A bunch of weird conditions on them. This one only covers three of them, though. Like, mm-hmm. yeah, it's uh, it's blinded, deafened, and poisoned. 
yeah poisoned with poisoned a capital for the capital p, p, p yeah <laughs> uh so it's it's whatever uh sorcery incarnate this is the thing you get at fifth level uh this is a bonus action the magic within you blooms transforming you into a glimmering being of magical energy for the duration what amazing thing happens as you turn into pure magic uh you get a d4 sorcery points and <laughs> until the spell ends um which it lasts for a minute and it's concentration you can use up to two of your meta magic options on each spell you cast provided you pay the sorcery <laughs> points cost uh some of them let you do that anyway and you have advantage on the attack rolls of every spell you cast uh the thinking being that this is probably sorcerous burst uh and but you can you can apply two two meta magics to it and you still have to pay for them don't forget that uh on average uh instead of casting a fifth level spell you could just go into uh initiative and get four sorcery points <laughs> yeah just uh, not it's also spell. worth mentioning that this is not you gain a d4 uh, yeah it's mm -hmm. a d4 you might just gain one uh it's not that you gain it you regain it to get the full value from this you already have to have spent four sorcery points and mm -hmm. then take the 25 percent chance you get four of them back mm -hmm. so i think that is just horrific and for a fifth um, level yeah. it's fucking well yeah fifth level spell so that's actually what you get at ninth level that's, that's, that's ninth sorry level i meant as a fifth level spell i'd expect like the chance that there's a 25 percent chance you'll get one sorcery you point get back that which... at ninth level yeah, it's just... Yeah. Um, for the thing that you get at, I think it's 5th or 6th level, it's Arcane Eruption, that's page 8 on the left. This is basically sort of Special Sorcerer Fireball. 4th um, level spell, uh, con save, 6d6. Um, you choose the type of damage from the list that is the same as Sorcerer's Burst. Um... Of those D6s, you choose one of them, um, and each of those numbers on the D6 represents a different uh, effect. So, incapacitated, blinded, frightened, poisoned, charmed, deafened. Um, and that is the numbers through one to six. So the lower your damage is, the better the effect you can choose to then happen to them if they fail that save. Which I guess is interesting. Um, Just yeah. let them choose a damn effect. You're rolling yeah. 66. You're going to be able to choose from and a lot it, of them. Yeah, and it's also a con save, which typically is the strongest monster save anyway. Um, yeah. Sorcerer underwhelming, do we think? Yeah. I mean, again, they're all underwhelming. Um, yeah. Uh, speaking <sighs> of underwhelming, uh, the draconic sorcerer surplus. <laughs> Uh, this is on page 29, uh, if you want to go back to your other one that isn't on the spell page. Um, so, the naming convention has changed, it's no longer Draconic Soul, it's Draconic Sorcery, or Draconic Bloodline, sorry, is what it used to be. Mm -hmm. So, it's all now, whatever it is, X Sorcery. So, it'll be Aberrant Sorcery rather than Aberrant Mind, for, uh, or Clockwork Sorcery yeah. rather than Clockwork Soul. Um... It's got a few changes. So Draconic Resilience is now a base AC that is 10 plus your dex and charisma modifiers rather than 13 plus your dex modifier. In theory, that gives you a higher AC at later levels. 
Um, Dragon Speech, which was formerly Draconic Ancestor, now lets you communicate with any creature that has the dragon type. It doesn't have to be specifically a dragon. So you could communicate with a drake, for example, um, or a wyvern. Um, and the damage type choice has moved to Elemental Affinity, uh, which is at 6th level. Basically, you have resistance to a type that you choose um, at that level. Uh, and when you cast a spell that deals that damage, you add your Charisma mod to one roll. That's, you know, it's whatever, a little bit of extra damage. Tenth level is uh, Draconic Exhalation. Uh, once per turn, so this is new, once per turn, when you cast Sorceress Burst, the new cantrip, you can exhale it in a 15-foot cone rather than selecting a target within range. To cast the spell in this way, you have to choose a damage type associated with your elemental affinity thing that you've already chosen. And when you do, it's a separate attack and damage roll against each creature in the spell's cone. The thinking being, presumably, you do your thing where you turn into magic and get advantage on all your attack rolls and then do this. Uh... Exhale is such a weird word to use here this whole subclass is completely pointless if you are a dragonborn yeah, yeah. and uh I guess dragon I, wings yeah. at, at 14th level previously it it was get wings you can fly good job now it is uh while your sorcery incarnate spell is active so a costs you a spell slot um to do a specific spell that you might not want to do. You sprout wings and gain a fly speed equal to your regular walking speed, and you can hover, meaning that if you're not prone in the air, you don't immediately fall to the ground. In addition, at the end of your turn, you can flap the wings to unleash magical energy, dealing damage to each creature of, the, of your choice within 15 feet of you. It equals your charisma modifier and is the type of the damage choice you've already made. Why? Throw it all out. Yeah. Start over. Horrific. Let's move on. But even the wording uh, just feels like they gave up. They're like, all right, in addition, at the end of your turns, you can flap the wings to unleash magical energy. Like, it's just, they don't even care anymore. It's like, I don't know, you yeah. flap do, and magic shit up. Yeah, equal to your charisma mod. At the end of your turn, do five damage. <laughs> Maybe do ten damage. Within, if within if 15 feet. Creature. So, you know, you make sure you're flying low to the ground. <laughs> yeah. Um... Go one page down for the warlock. Uh, pack magic is gone. This is uh, this is really this is the big thing. Pack magic is gone. You're now a half caster. Um, but Mystic Arcanum, you you say with horror, what happened to it? Uh, it's now a um, a level dependent uh, eldritch invocation. You mean we have to use all of them on it? Uh, kind of. You get some more eldritch invocations, and some of the invocations have changed. Um, but yeah, you can just not have any spells above fifth level if you want to spend that resource on something else, mm -hmm. uh, or if you want to be able to cast high level spells, you have to forego other stuff that you would normally have just gotten. Mm -hmm. Um, Eldritch Blast is now a Warlock exclusive. I don't think that's a surprise to anyone. Mm -hmm. Um, Packed Boon. So because subclasses are now chosen at third level, your Packed Boon you now choose at first level. 
yeah. Pact of the Blade, Pact of the Chain, Pact of the Tome, those are the same. They're not importing uh, Pact of the Talisman in. Why? From Tasha's. Because... Um, money. More money, more books. Because money and also it kind of sucks. <laughs> <laughs> there is something different about these, thing. though. Um, Spellcasting ability. Warlocks are no longer purely a charisma caster if you don't want them to be. Nope. If you choose Pact of the Blade, you can use Wisdom or Charisma. If you use Pact of the Chain, you can use Intelligence or Charisma. And if you use Pact of the Tome, you can use Intelligence or Wisdom. You can be a completely non-charisma Warlock. Hmm. Uh, I think a lot of people... I, I know that I've seen posts of people saying, why isn't Warlock an intelligence-based caster? The flavor text mm. uh, is all about gaining secrets and, you know, finding out dark rituals and stuff. Uh, so, And I don't think it's particularly overpowered to make them an intelligence or wisdom-based no. caster instead of charisma. If anything, it makes them a worse multi-class because yeah. there's so much synergy between the current sorcerer and um, Warlock. Uh, it was weird. Uh, all of those things, by the way, the all three of those packs, they're on the other tab. If you want to look at them, they're all spells. What the yeah, fuck? Pact of the Blade is a spell now. Such a weird choice of. But why? How everything interacts. Yeah. So, bottom of page ten, Pact Familiar. Uh, this is. Previously was just fine familiar. Now it's it's got other stuff. To be, I'm I will not go into all the different things that it does. But basically, depending on what creature type you choose for it, between aberration, celestial, dragon, fey, fiend, or undead, they can do some different stuff later on. Packed weapon underneath it. Uh, these are all cantrips, by the way. That they just take different times. So packed weapon is now a cantrip that lasts twenty four hours an action to cast um, and it basically does the same uh, with, an, with an important addition I should say it has on there Eldritch Warrior when you attack with the weapon you can use your spellcasting ability modifier for the attack and damage rolls instead of using strength or dexterity this previously was why everyone took a one level dip in Hexblade if they wanted to be a paladin that was just better than other paladins mm -hmm. because you didn't have to bother investing anymore in your strength unless you wanted armor of a particular kind or whatever but you didn't have to take your strength to 20 you could just take your charisma to 20 and be as good at fighting people with your sword as you are casting spells and you no longer have that weird tension between which do you want to prioritize um uh it has built in at fifth level you get extra attack with that weapon only, but why would you be using a different weapon? Um, yeah. It's, uh... You can also attack strange. twice with the weapon instead of once. That's what I was saying. So at fifth, le fifth level, you get, you get extra attack built into it. Yeah. Um, I mean, it's got the same... In fact, this was earlier on. The other one's fifth level. Gain another. Seventh level. Gain another. Yeah. Yeah, so they all they all improve. I mean, to be, you get like up to ten, you get some fun stuff. Like getting another Eldritch Invocation is good, but at the same time, you don't exactly spread out much. Yeah, 
the other one is not listed as Pact of the Time. It's listed as Book of Shadows. So you'll need to scroll up because it's alphabetical. Yeah, it says um, Pact Spells. It takes an hour to cast. And it's it's basically the same as it was. Uh, but again, it gets better at fifth level. So those are, in theory, in place of having to spend an invocation to improve them. Uh, I will say... The cantrip upgrade is when you reach fifth level as a warlock, this spell also enhances other cantrips while the book is on your person. You can add your war warlock spellcasting ability modifier to the damage of any cantrip you cast that doesn't already have that modifier added to its damage roll. Basically meaning that you don't need to take Agonizing Blast. So freeing up an extra mm. invocation. But only for this one. Only if you take the book. Yeah. yeah. I would also like to direct your attention on the page below, on page nine, to Hex... Yeah. Uh, because uh, this will come up. You place a curse on a creature, yada yada. Until the spell ends, you deal an extra d6 necrotic damage to the target when you hit it with an attack roll. You can deal this extra damage only once mm. per turn. Previously, you hit it with the attack roll. Yeah. Uh, also, choose an ability uh, score. Um, when you cast it, they have disadvantage on ability checks, not saves, as some people mistake it for checks only, with the chosen ability. Um, if they drop to zero HP before it ends, you can use a bonus action on a subsequent turn to, to move it, basically. Uh, remove curse uh, gets rid of it. And when you use a... Basically, the higher your spell slot is that you use it, the longer it lasts and the more the damage increases. In theory, making up for the lower amount of immediate damage output. But who on earth is spending a fifth level slot Hell to cast no. That you still so still requires your concentration, and you're only getting an extra an extra three d six when you why hit the moon. Even, why would you want to cast it for twenty four hours as well? Like, oh, that's I don't know. It's, it's not like Hunter's Mark. It doesn't help you find exactly. them. It, it just, just is on them. In case you meet them again, I want to keep attacking them. <laughs> yeah. If you know that they are going to have to be studying for the next 24 hours and you curse their intelligence, I guess, uh, so that they're bad at it. Hex was already like not that great. Why yeah, make it, was it like, worse? Yeah, at the start, to kind of get a little bit of damage output, and if you had kind of nothing else to be concentrating on. Yeah. But why? That just, it's, it's, it's horrendous. That's a weird uh, thing to target and make worse. Yeah. All of it. Um, so your class features now as a warlock is... So first level, pick between those three and get spellcasting in the form of halfcasting. Um, again, it is learned spells rather than prepared. Second level, you start getting your Eldritch Invocations. Um, they have prerequisites for various things as before. But Mystic Arcanum is now one of them if you want to cast higher level spells and they have levels on them so that you can't cast a 6th level spell as a 3rd level character, for example. 3rd level is when you now get your subclass. Mm -hmm. uh, little, little strange again thematically just because you're getting your magic from your patron. Why would you not know who your patron is until 3rd level in every case? Some cases, sure. In every case? Okay. Mm. Um, and then the rest of your class features, not subclass features, your class features is feet, Eldritch Invocation. Yeah. Feet, Eldritch Invocation. <laughs> 11th level, contact patron. 
Oh my god, you're contract you're contacting the being given you power. Eleven. Which some DMs will just let people do yeah. to have a chat. I literally you had sent you literally were carrying Alex. around yours and he was yeah. he would just play the banjo whenever we wanted. Yeah. Uh yeah. in the past was a whole huge thing of you just like he was just a friend of yours. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Uh so eleventh level, the power. You can now communicate directly with your patron. You always have <laughs> The contact other plane spell prepared. With this feature, you can cast a spell without expending a spell slot to contact your patron. This is a weird. And you automatically succeed on the spell saving throw. Once a long rest. Once a long rest. I, there's such a weird obsession with making all of these things into spells. Like I know they want to do this whole like magic action, but just make them the unique things. They don't need to be spells. Yeah, but also if it's a spell, it can be counterspelled. Yep. Just in case. Have they like, changed counterspell like all Because it needs help right. as well. No. Mm. And they haven't said anything about changing it as far as I'm aware. But don't and worry. then after that, you get a little Eldritch bit. Invocation. Yeah. After that, you get an Eldritch Invocation, then a feat, then an Eldritch Invocation, then you subclass feature, then an Eldritch Invocation, then a feat, then an 18th level. The pinnacle. You are a warlock, <laughs> nearly unrivaled. Just add in at 18th level as a uh, sorcerer, you can cast wish with basically yes, no repercussions. Yes. Your <laughs> member cast wish with abandon. They they are altering the universe every day. You have mastered the dread application of hexes, allowing you to cast the hex spell without expending a spell slot. Damn! Look at that, us go. By the way. It is important to know when something tells you that you can cast it without a spell slot, it is always at its basic level. Yeah. You can cast first level hex without a spell slot. Damn. The sorcerer can wish for you to be able to do better than that mm. every day. They, they can improve your class for you with their 18th level feature. Listen, it's super late. Uh, I know technically there's uh, there's the other it is a whole hour pass yeah yeah I will be, I will I will sum up the the fiend patron is basically yeah it's, yeah, it's better yeah it's fine uh, <laughs> they've given hell through hell a um, uh, thing where you can repeat it with a spell slot and it now has a saving throw because it was busted that it didn't in the first place uh, and it's it's just it's been improved um, which is great the only other things. That like I noted was just like equipping and equipping and unequipping weapons is part of an attack. Now I thought what? it was before. I this is down it's in like a free the free action before and then yeah yeah it's weird. Death saving throws. If you succeed on three, you end at one HP. They've changed the whole thing so that you don't wake up if you're at one HP. You you are unconscious and technically doing a short rest. And the whole like being stable, like you, you can't stabilize a creature anymore. What the fuck? Because it's it's a really weird spot. Yeah, oh, zero HP works differently now. Uh, and then also there's the influence action, which I think was already there before. I don't understand. It's just we covered that last time. Exactly. It's, that's literally just make a persuasion check, make a yeah. deception check. It's yeah. whatever. It's just using things uh, that already exist. <laughs> because we've already covered a lot of the the stuff that is wrong with weapon mastery when we discuss the fighter. Do you mind if I very quickly run through them and what they do? There are only nine. Super speed. Sure, yes. Yeah, okay. Speed. 
cleave, it has to be a melee weapon and be heavy. Uh, if you hit a creature with it, um, you can make an attack roll against a second creature that is within five feet of the first one and also within reach. And on a hit, they only take uh, the weapon damage. So, like, that'll be a d12 or something, maybe a d10. Um, you can only do that once a turn. Sure, whatever. Most of these are once a turn, I think. Uh, flex is a versatile weapon. Uh, when you hit with a melee attack using this weapon, you deal its versatile damage even if you're wielding it with one hand. Your longsword does a d10 instead of a d8. That's an average of an e of one extra damage. Yeah. Um, graze, melee weapon, heavy property. If your attack roll with this weapon misses a creature, you can deal damage to that creature equal to the ability modifier you use to make the attack roll. It's the same type dealt by the weapon, and it can't be increased in any other way than just increasing your ability modifier. That's fine. You're an, you're an amazing swordsman. You still do a little bit of damage. Whatever. Uh, Nick is not here. This is Nick the property. <laughs> um, this is the change that, you, that we all like so much. It's now been relegated to a weapon mastery. When you So prerequisite, light property. When you make the extra attack of the light property, you can make it as part of the attack action instead of as a bonus action. You can still make this extra attack only once per turn. It still does not add your ability modifier to the damage. Just worse. So if rogues don't get weapon mastery, they still have to use their bonus action to do stab twice. But why though? Uh, who knows? Uh, push. <laughs> Uh, prerequisite, heavy, two-handed, or versatile. If you hit a creature with this weapon, you can push them 10 feet away from you if they are no more than a size larger. Sap, no prerequisites. If you hit a creature with this weapon, that creature has disadvantage on its next attack roll before the start of your next turn. Sure, cantrips. There's a cantrip that does that, I think. Slow, no prerequisite. If you hit a creature with this weapon and deal damage to the creature, you can reduce its speed by 10 until the start of your next turn. If you hit the creature more than once with this property, the speed reduction doesn't exceed 10. So basically, once per, once per turn to each creature that you might hit. Also, it's a melee, so you have to hit them really up close and then I guess run away and they can't chase you as well? It does not have melee as a prerequisite. Oh, you can do that with a ranged weapon. Um, topple, prerequisite, heavy reach or versatile. If you hit a creature with this weapon, they make a con save, or rather you can have them make a con save, um, equal to uh, 8 plus your proficiency bonus, plus the ability modifier you use to make the attack roll. So in theory, you could be doing this with your intelligence if you multiclass and get feats and stuff that mean that you're a sword-packed warlock with weapon mastery. Um, if they fail, they go prone. Um, again, no... So the limit on that is it's a save. No limit on how many times you can do that. Uh, sure. Uh, Vex. Not Vex. Prerequisite, ammunition, finesse, or light. If you hit a creature with this weapon and deal damage to the creature, you have advantage on your next attack roll against that creature before the end of your next turn. And that's it. Oh, a net is all. A net is now no longer a weapon; it's equipment. That's just a weird thing. Um, sure. So yeah, so some of those obviously oh, are real bad. Some of them are quite good, but not necessarily good for play. Topple, great effect. 
instead of having to give up an attack action, or rather give up an attack as part of your attack action to shove someone prone, you can try it with as many times as you like with your weapon, if you're using a weapon that can do it. Um, but that will massively slow down combat. Yeah, a lot of this will slow down combat a lot. Yeah. Okay. It's been... Uh, it's That's it. Worth of all. One D&D is not looking good. Uh, yeah, let's we'll just give a final little better. comment in a sentence or less of how we're feeling about one D&D. Yeah. Rowan, you go first. I'm underwhelmed, and they feels like they're trying to pigeonhole us in a particular playstyles for a class. Less freedom in these classes. Alex? I, basically the same thing. As I said before, everything is being simplified and not for the better. It's being reduced into, just as Rome was saying, like a sort of a, a single route, taking away a lot of the individuality of any of it. Uh, I'm going to quote someone. I don't know who I'm quoting because I can never remember where it comes from. Probably. Uh, but my uh, disappointment is immeasurable, and my day is ruined. Oh, it's the game. every time. Every time I, I look at this, extremely uh, miserable. And because... on that uh, excellent uh, yeah. feeling. Sorry for it running so long. There was just so much to oh, fucking cover. Don't worry about it. If someone's made it this far, um, congratulations. I guess this is a long way to make yeah. it. You are dedicated, and we love you for it. Um, Next time we'll learn about um, uh, uh, Pathfinder. Yeah, we'll do a Pathfinder one at some point. That'll make us happy. Okay. Fun one. Um, let's all say our goodbyes and just... We haven't awkward waved in a very long time. This is not going to be an awkward wave. It's a disappointed wave. Just a, it's a very disappointed. Is this because like you don't know? Wave is just, it's just not waving. Yeah. yeah is this because you don't know how to end this conversation? There's, there's no... It's how it was in the end. I'm just going no. to cut it off halfway through the sentence. And uh, I hope you enjoyed this episode of Dicebreakers. Thank you to Dark Fantasy Studio and Nicholas Judy for the use of their music in the episode. And a big thanks to you for listening. If you'd prefer to watch us on video so you can see our actions and reactions, consider subscribing to us on YouTube. Don't forget to come back next week to see what the characters get up to in the next part of this epic adventure. I'll see you then.